Hello, beautiful people. It is, oh, I'll tell you what, man. Episode 2 to Hard Knocks is tonight at 10 p.m. on HBO. Tuesday, August 16th. This show starts now. Here we go, out of baby. Here we go, out of baby, into another great three and a half hours of sports conversation. We can't thank you enough for joining us here on YouTube and on the radio. Today's show is massive, not only because we'll be talking about what we think is going to come tonight for Hard Knocks, but because today is the day before tomorrow, which is when we'll be live at the Colts and Lions joint uh, training camp practices right here in Indiana. Oh yeah. We have a stacked schedule. Uh, allegedly, Jim Mercy will be joining Ooh. us. Whoa. Matt Ryan. Whoa. Eddie Ice. Yannick Ngakwe. Okay. And MCDC. Oh, yeah. Motor City Dan Campbell will be joining us tomorrow, the head coach of the Detroit Lions, just hours after us watching the second episode of Hard Knocks. Obviously, one week ago, we watched the first episode of Hard Knocks with the Detroit Lions, and we were all dumbfounded by how amazing it was. It appeared to be like a movie of what you thought an NFL training camp would be like. The coaches, all ex-players, all electrifying. The head coach, a movie character of what a football coach should be. The living embodiment of the sport of football. He goes by the name of MCDC, but behind the scenes, he's a hardworking guy who is loved by his players, who wants to do something for a city that hasn't had a winning season in a long, long long time mm-hmm. the players all seem to be all the way bought in it's magical, it's a recipe created for success, for hard knocks majesty. It's a word. (laughs) Can't wait to see what episode two is. Now, there has been people, I guess, around town that have been judging Hard Knocks because they thought the first week was uh, infomercial fluff for the Detroit Lions. Who said that? They said there wasn't enough raw emotional, life-altering stuff. I'm sorry we're having entertainment. You're allowed to have fun. Not everything has to be serious. Tonight, I assume we're going to see life-altering stuff. You don't think doing 40 up-downs before a fucking practice is life-altering? That'll change you. Especially if you have a broken wrist because a small dog cage got you in the way. There's a lot of life-altering stuff happening right between our, right in front of our eyes. People are making teams. Dreams are coming true. Today, 4 p.m., cut-down day, the first round of cuts Ooh, around the NFL. Yes. That means a lot of things. A lot of teams are going to go ahead and cut their players due to numbers, but also you're going to see players moving teams now for the first time. Who's had their eye on somebody else since before the draft? Weren't able to sign them as an undrafted free agent or a late-round draft pick or somebody that was a free agent? They get released here in the first round of cuts because it's not working out for whatever reason. Who gets brought in and who inevitably finds a home? Maybe forever. Jack Doyle was a guy who I think he was cut by the Tennessee Titans in their first round of cuts. We sign him to the Colts. Goes on to make a Pro Bowl, makes a bunch of money. Special teamer back home. I mean, there is some real moves that can be made at this time because maybe a team wasn't a fit for a player. Maybe a situation wasn't a fit for a player. And early, both sides recognize it and get them somewhere else. Maybe a team finds a missing piece. And maybe we see some cuts that could surprise us all. There's a lot of potential breaking news that could come from today's show. Omar Khan will be joining us. The Pittsburgh Steelers general manager. Here we go. How long was Colbert GM for? Like 25 years. Uh, He started there in 2000. 22 years was the previous GM's yeah. run. A lot of success, a lot of in-house stuff. They hire Omar Khan from within the building. He's been with the Steelers since 2001. Mm-hmm. So he's been there, done that. He's now the general manager. Seems like their rookie class is doing well. What's it like having the big boy desk? Yeah. What's it like sitting at the head of the Pittsburgh Steelers franchise? We'll talk to Omar Khan. And then in the second hour, or I'm sorry, in the third hour, we'll talk to Brady Quinn. Whoa. Here we go. Brady Quinn was the host of the 
third and long foundations golf outing yesterday in Columbus, Ohio that A.J. Hawk went to. A.J. Hawk back today. Second hour. Can't wait to chat with him. Brady Quinn also go on radio this morning or last night, either immediately following golf outing that we had heard about in the past. And maybe there's a couple of brujas drink Bradley. or this morning, day after golf outing. And Brady Quinn said, I don't know what we're talking about with Zach Wilson. Yeah. He got hurt. That's a shame. He stunk before that. Yikes. Anybody watch the same game? I'm watching. This guy hasn't done a single thing. Brady Quinn also came out and said the Jets uh, were 0-6 or 0-7 before they even get into their bye week. So this team, all the hype around them, they're, they're kind of fucked with the way their schedule is uh, constructed. So Brady Quinn has said a lot of negative things about the New York Jets. Can't wait to hear what Brady Quinn has to say, not only about the golf outing in which they raised a lot of money for veteran families yesterday, but also, what, what do you hate the Jets for? What's going on? Brady? Did something happen with the Jets with Brady Quinn? Did we not look into that far enough? What's going on there? No. Uh, speaking of Brady Quinn, Notre Dame, I mean, there is Manti Teo's got a doc coming oh, out. Oh, yeah. Awesome. Let's go. Huh? It's going to be awesome for us. Maybe not for him, but it's going to be awesome. I think it is going to be awesome for him. Finally explain Get his story. story out yeah, there. And on. in 2022, I think a lot more people are very uh, understanding of what catfishing is because people are getting catfished by businesses, uh, companies, significant other friends all the time nowadays mm-hmm. because of how internet heavy and internet savvy people have become. Back in the day, they still need that fucking nerd Nev to, uh, right. to tell people uh, what catfishing right. was on MTV. We're talking about Manti Teo being before that run. So he was almost the gatekeeper for mm-hmm. catfishing being introduced to a lot of people, and he got buried for yeah, it. He, he did. Died. Guy fell in love. Yeah, yeah. give him a break. He just wanted it to be real. Sure. Wanted to focus on his football. Mm-hmm. Make his family happy. Right. Fall in love. Right. He couldn't find anybody around him, so right. he, he searched the internet. Right. And some fucking sick fuck preyed on him, mm-hmm. attacked him, and carried on a goddamn joke that led into public scene and public scrutiny for Manti Teo, who was a bowler yeah. on the field. That was tough stuff. I'm I'm thinking that Manti's happy that this is happening. Maybe it'll be able to for a chance for him to kind of turn the page on chapter. Yeah, some closure. Yeah, that has just been kind of looming mm-hmm. overhead. I think he's quietly had a pretty good NFL career. I think he's been around a couple teams. I'm not 100% sure. And maybe he's falling in love. Maybe he's Who falling knows? in love. Who knows if he'll ever trust anybody ever again. But yeah. I'm excited to watch that talk. Well, we'll talk to Bray Quinn about that. And more, he's married with a child, Zito. Just there you go. Wow, so man, he was able to find out. it. It all worked out. Sometimes you got you to slay a few catfish dragons before you get to the princess. That's right. right. Ain't that right? Well said. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and you get to that castle. You yeah. know what I mean? Sometimes there's going to be some dragons out there. Yep. And it might be a dude in the basement in Ohio. That'll <laughs> yeah. Being the perfect significant other. You know, oh, everything you want to do is fine. Yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Man, Titanium was so pumped, I bet. Oh, yeah. yeah. Kidding me? Golly. Now, I will say this documentary happening is bringing it back into conversation when it kind of was gone for a long yeah. time. Mm-hmm. Now, granted, Manti, it's not gone, though. Every time he talks to somebody, introduces himself, the first thing anybody thinks is, oh, man. So, sorry so, that happened. So, so, yeah, sorry. so I think he's probably pretty pumped about it. We haven't talked about it in years, I don't think, because I've seen a lot of guys get catfished in the NFL whenever you're signing with a new team coming into a new city. You're not necessarily somebody who wants to go out every night, but you wouldn't mind maybe meeting some people. You take a picture, uh, you look at a picture on an app. Oh, here's a 10. Then a, uh, you know, a 10 still, but maybe a super duper inflated version or mm-hmm. something else shows mm-hmm. up. And this has happened on both sides. Dudes are catfishing worse than women are at these points. 
I mean, the way guys lie about what they do, who they're friends with, how they look, the filters they put on, that's a game changer too, how tall they are. I mean, Can't how much happen. money they make. Yep. I mean, there is a lot of lying on the internet that people are in there. So people get catfished on a regular basis now. Uh, so I think that's why we maybe don't talk about the Manti Teo situation, even though it took over pop culture. But now with that documentary coming out, we're being forced to talk about it. Um, I hope you find some closure. Now, speaking of closure, at Boston Connor, how you doing? Fantastic. How are you, Pat? I'm great, thank you. And at Ty Schmidt, just a couple doors down here, <laughs> uh, business close. There was some closure on a business. Yeah, that's right. And birth from said closure of business was this new coffee shop, Quills. The best. We have been to Quills every day that it has been yeah, open. Three times in two days, actually. And we have enjoyed everything <laughs> well, about it. We even bought some merch from Quills. We did. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Bruce got a new Quills coffee hat. It's With sweet. that mustache that Bruce has, the way he dresses, mm -hmm. how cool he is, mm -hmm. he could potentially walk into Quills, go behind the counter, and start serving some fucking bro. He could. Mm -hmm. He could if he really wanted to. He looks good. Oh, yeah. We are thankful that this place is here. Mm -hmm. Now, we are learning a lot about coffee together, aren't we? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Ty and I, I don't think we are in the coffee community well enough. I've ordered a couple things on a couple different times now and thought I was getting something vastly different. Sure. Order a nice latte, Lee. Me and Ty. Yeah. Uh -huh. Hey, we'll take two ice lattes. Sounds good. Mm -hmm. Biggest ones you got. Have no idea what that is. Have no clue. It is. Sees ice. I see ice in there. Yeah. Coffee. Going to make me live forever. That's right. what coffee does. Of course. And it's cold because it's a little bit hot. Mm -hmm. I can drink it quickly. That's what I want. We watch them make it right in front of us, these uh, coffee makers. That's yeah. cool. That's a cup of milk. Oh. That is an entire cup of milk yes. on ice yeah. with one shot of espresso oh, in it. Right. We both learned that as it was happening right in front of us by the coolest looking human of all time. Mm -hmm. And uh, how, how's your body reacting to said ice lot? I, I actually passed it on to our Quills employee, Bruce. You did. Because I said, I can't just drink a whole glass of milk. I am not that tough. You have, how do you feel? You feel energized? Feel good? Uh, I do feel energized because I did have an XL Starbucks on the way into work oh, today. Yeah. Oh, so, yeah. so you're trying both. Yeah, so exactly. Um, I should have done what you did. I should have passed it up as well because this was a uh, uh, about a 16-ounce glass of whole milk, mind you. This was not you know 1% skim milk. <laughs> I haven't had whole milk in about 20 years. My guts are bubbling right now. I told you guys right before we came on air, I'm going to shit my pants during the show today. Okay. I just hope I can get through the first hour. As you were doing your monologue, I farted like four or five times. and was kind of just yeah. kind of just rolling the dice. Kind of experiencing it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So I, I made a mistake. And do, was the payoff ultimately worth it? I don't think it was because I think I probably would have been good just sitting with the Starbucks. That oh. gave me enough energy. I didn't need, you <laughs> 16 know. 16 ounce lattes. A, a big, dude. Big yeah. lots of milk. Again, Bro, did you, milk. you know what that is? I've no I'm going in this motherfucker blind. I did not know Love. there was that much milk in there. <laughs> Love vanilla lattes. I'm only going about this big because, you know, there's only that much espresso. All right, here's the deal then. Hashtag PMS poop watch. All right. You guess the exact time that Ty is taking off out of the studio. If it's during a commercial break, we will look at the time when mm -hmm. it is. Obviously, we'll be live for probably the next three hours and 17 minutes-ish. So Eastern Standard Time is what the time we will go off of. So if you're Pacific, please add three hours and all the other times. Uh, it is currently 12.13 with 25 seconds p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Go ahead and use hashtag PMS Poop Watch <sighs> and guess what time you think Ty will be heading to the John. Now, you've already given us a couple clues four or five already out there don't know it was getting a little sketchy huh a little close oh yeah oh yeah i mean i like not super close but again i told you guys too close for comfort and one of these times i'm gonna get cocky and kind of just lift my leg up a little bit and the, will we count yeah. that then shart if he poops pants shart's pants yeah. right here yeah. well i think we have, have to, count to. we'll have, have to check to. his pants to see if there's a mark or not well but. see we don't need that much transparency well, see, well, i don't know though legit. because that will just be like 
the, a shart is fine. I'm going to drop a Scud missile in the bathroom <laughs> at some point within the next three hours. So whether you want to count the shart as, you know, the poop watch, that's fine. But I am going to drop an absolute nuke in there. So this is what happened just two seconds before the show started. Ty said, oh, I almost just pooped on that fart right there. <laughs> and it kind of got into all of our brains. So that's why my open to the show was quite a clog because uh, we were just trying to figure out how we get this into the show. Hashtag PMS poop watches on right now all eyes are on ty's bladder we will make it when you leave studio door to go to the bathroom okay Okay. sounds good if you leave studio to go whatever whatever doesn't count doesn't count if it is a as soon as you are heading to bathroom is the time that'll count we'll keep an eye on that uh and good luck to whoever wins the uh five hundred dollars if they guess oh we're not not scooping it out and sending them the bag of poop I mean, that would be a much like more personalized gift. Yeah, it's yeah. not going to be solid, so Ma- scooping's going to be tough. Yeah, maybe freeze it though in like a bowl. <laughs> I figure we get a colander. So. Okay. Yeah. Well, listen, jar. When I seen that whole milk getting dumped into that cup, I just thought to myself, "It's got to stop." I thought maybe it was like a half cup was going Me in. Me too. Like that a thing, third. I think it tasted delicious, though, didn't it? Yeah, like I said, I mean, shit. I haven't had whole milk in 20 years. It is delicious. It There's t- no two ways about it. But and you are jacked up. Look at the energy. Yeah. I mean, you're through the roof. The eyes wide open but over there. you can't be drinking fucking 16 ounces of whole milk. You just can't do it. Yeah, well, we're going to find out today how long it takes for that thing to really get out of you. <laughs> yeah. Congratulations. All right, let's Thank talk you. about some sports. Um, Brandon Staley has explained his fourth down methods in an athletic article. Now, we have asked him about this whenever he was sitting in studio, and he said he comes from the Brad and Linda Staley uh, coaching tree, which is his dad was a high school football coach, I believe. His mom was also a coach. So he just goes by feel. A lot of it, honestly, was surprising to us as he was giving us an answer because we thought he was just like data analytics to the key, like to the to every decision that was being made because the data and analytics people on the internet were saying, hey, this coach, Staley, Uh, this guy's our guy. Mm -hmm. This is our hero. Mm -hmm. Everything we've been saying on the internet garnering a lot of attention and changing the way football is talked about and giving people careers and welcoming more people into the NFL community and the NFL media community because now the super nerds have an ability to cover the NFL because the math majors can start piecing things together. Well, on third and long, the likelihood of making it is this. Third and five or short, though, your likelihood is actually a 55%. Mm. And if you look at 55%, you know what that is? That's more than half the time. Right. So if you're kind of behind, there is a, a much better opportunity for you to continue to go and lose a turnover if you go for a fourth and four, fourth and three, as opposed to not. Now, do those stats take into account the 45% of the time when it doesn't work and a coach potentially gets fucking fired from it? Do those stats take in even the 30% of times when something's 70 to 30? That sounds like an overwhelmingly positive stat and dominant stat. It is, but three times out of 10, that motherfucker's still not going to work. And if you land in that three times out of 10, what are the ripple effects for that? Does your team not make the playoffs? Does your coach lose his job? Does your quarterback get deemed a bust because of some decisions that are being made in crucial game management situations? Now, can stats tell the story on whether or not a player who's normally rated a 95, who showed up at an 81 because he's partially injured and maybe a little bit sick from something that he ate two days ago and has been getting the worst of the entire day, are you taking into account that whenever you're thinking about the overall odds? Are you taking into account that you have a quarterback who's a once-in-a-generation quarterback and those stats involve a lot of bum-ass quarterbacks? I mean, I understand the arguments for both sides, but Staley was being heralded as the guy who was representing for the stats people in one of the most important positions in the sport of football, and he was 
Everybody looking to make the right decision. They go for it on fourth. They wouldn't get it. The stats people would go. In that particular setting, it was 81% chance uh, success rate. I would take that every single time if I was gambling on anything. It's like, yes, gambling for sure. But if that gamble is also your career, are you going to gamble that? I think you should maybe go into it. Staley has had an electrifying start to a head coaching career. They've gone for it. They have a player. They've missed some that people have buried him on. They've made some that he's been excited about. So whenever he came on our show and we asked him, we said, are you just looking at the stats all the time? Because that's what it's kind of being, like, looks like on the internet and the way it's being covered. He goes, no, just kind of... uh, Kind of a feel thing. It's kind of how I feel with my guys. You know, I think they're going to do this. And he had all these incredible coach speak. And we were all mind blown. It was like, yeah. holy fuck. Oh, this okay. dude is literally just like, a, my guys are better than your guys. I'm going to go for it. Hey, if the stats people say I'm right, sweet. But <laughs> I've had a conversation with numbers people. Ever. That's basically what he told us. Yeah. Now he's opened up a little bit more. Yeah. yeah. He, wasn't, he, he wasn't necessarily telling us. No. He changed his tune. It did not sound like he was telling us the truth. No, 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 What's no, that all about? No. He, thought, he thought we couldn't handle the truth. We can't. Handle the truth, the math truth. Is that what it is, Connor? You think? Uh, I think it might have to do with the fact that you know there are a lot of voices on the headset from what he said, and uh, you know if we know anything about what we've talked about before, sometimes too many voices on the headset's a problem. Well, I, you know, I was like super pumped that the ultimate football guy was coaching because I thought the stats people lost their god and we gained a god. Yeah, right. Plus because one. he was just like, yeah, our guys better than your guys. Fuck it, I'm gonna go for it. <laughs> like, yeah, like that's what he was saying. He opened up to the athletic a little bit more. There is levels to this uh, shit. Uh-huh. He's do, he's using stats just like we thought oh, yeah. more than anybody oh, yeah. else. Yeah. He's going into drives. What's the first play of the drive? What's the whole thing? Yeah, we're either green light, a go, or a no, and this. And they'll know the play caller Lombardi, who's not related to Michael Lombardi. Nope. Yeah, I don't know if it's related to might be. Uh, Trophy Lombardi. Yeah. Not a, Lombardis are all over the place. Hey, how you doing? How you Keep doing? moving. How How's doing? the family? The Lombardi play caller, though, he needs to know going into every drive if it's a go or if it's not. If it's fourth and less than four, we're going to go on this drive just because of how the world is spinning or something like that so staley opened up in this athletic article and i mean they're using stats more than anybody else Uh, by the way i like it i appreciate it Uh, i think it's probably the right move but feel has to be added in there and staley's also doing that right isn't he i think i mean i think so but don't don't you think also that if you're thinking about it this much like that kind of just goes into like the exact like it's not a feel thing like if you have all these different like parameters for okay if if we have this situation we have the quote like it I don't know. I feel like Let's it's put almost the exact quote up here. Paralysis by analysis. And I don't know. I don't, you know, I don't know if that is. So obviously this is a lot. It's an athletic, uh, the athletic article and hashtag PMS poop watch trending number one right now. Here we, here go. we go. Uh, only six people would be involved in game management decisions on the headsets. Staley, his three coordinators, offense coordinator, Joe Lombardi, defense coordinator, Ronaldo Hill, and then special teams coordinator, Darius Swinton, plus two staffers devoted exclusively to game management strategy. Strategy, Director of Football Research and Analytics, Adita Krishnan, Krishnan, yep. Krishnan, and Offensive Assistant Dan Shamash, who had previous game management experience on Anthony Lynn's. Oh, no offense, okay, no offense to uh, Shamash, but game worst. management with. Uh, I don't know if that's the name that you would want to. I got him fired. Yeah, yeah. Anthony the Lynn, I mean, there was five, six games Anthony Lynn's last year head coach of the Chargers where little game management <laughs> yeah. lost them. So we like to call a red flag. No, well, just because 
Smosh was there doesn't mean Smosh was part of it. Yeah. Oh, you know true. what I mean? Smosh is learning. Smosh learned from it. Yeah, but if he comes from a coaching tree, you know, for Staley, it's his parents. For Smosh, it's Anthony Lynn. No, no, no. But Smosh is – let's not just blame Smosh. Okay. Sure. All right, let's go back. Those are the six people on the headset. Uh, those – those six people are in complete alignment in terms of how we're going about these decisions, says Staley. You don't have time to have a big powwow. You don't have time to have this intricate back and forth on a headset during a game. Next, Staley constructed the mechanics of the fourth down decision making in a yes unless system. At the start of each series of downs on offense, win probability models from the Chargers football research department would indicate the number of yards the offense would have to gain on first, second, and third down to make it a go for it or green in the team's lexicon decision. Say the Chargers have a first and 10 from their own 40-yard line. And say the model indicates that they would increase their win probability by going forward on fourth down as long as they have four or fewer yards to gain. That information is communicated to all relevant parties, including Lombardi. Lombardi can then call plays on first, second, and third down, knowing that if he gets the fourth and four or less, the Chargers are going for it, unless Staley says otherwise you can be a better decision maker if you have things modeled ahead of time staley says you have to go into the game with a plan and then with uh then that way you're saying no as opposed to deciding yes or no i'm going into it saying we're doing this unless with the infrastructure built the chargers enter the 2021 season it's not just about the one down and on fourth down staley says it's what's happened on the previous three and that changes the way you play and changes the way they have to play you and that's that's what I wanted to do was use mindset and math to our advantage. Huh. All right, boys, we're 0 for 6 on third and less than 5 today, but this the chart says fucking if it's fourth and 5 or less, we got to go. No, so, I think what he's saying is we are going for it every time on fourth and 4 or less. If the thing, the research model says it, I'm going to be the one that's going to say no. Everybody is understanding that we are going for it. So it isn't a, are we going for it? Are we not going for it? If it's fourth and five, everybody on the field knows we're not going for it in this situation. If it's fourth and three, everybody knows we are going for it. Unless Staley goes out and says, no, you guys look like shit. Get off. <laughs> Haunted. That was a lot. Yeah. 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 Hun. That was a lot. So everything he said to us was a lie. Uh-huh. Yeah, uh-huh. he's a sandbagger, is what it sounds like. But, want know, they're using more. They said model in there. They have a research development team that's sending information. There's a Shamash is on there and Aditi's mm-hmm. on yep. there. I mean, there is. This is. He's more anybody, and he's sitting right here, fucking telling us he doesn't do anything. I'm from Brian Linda. <laughs> yeah. What was that? Yeah, he, he was question. in the he was in the hot seat. And he didn't want it to get any hotter. Hey, welcome to the Thunderdome, pal. Uh-huh. Okay, geez, Louise. I, this makes Surprise sense. Not using AI. By the way, this makes yeah. se- they might that might be what the fucking model is, right? The yeah, model is, is you weren't worried about it. It's calling their plays. Hey. AI is coaching the Chargers already. No, they are not. There's a he put up that quote. What was the last sentence yet again? What was the last sentence he said? He, he clearly said it's not just AI. It's not just about one down on fourth down. Staley says, going to have to take the ticker down. And that changes the way you play and change a, uh, use mindset and math to our advantage. Yeah, it's not comes, just AI. Yeah, it comes it's mindset. Mindset. Yeah. mindset. Go for it or you will die. That is interesting that, that he just broke that whole thing down, you yeah. know. Because maybe Sweet Blake gets a job with fucking Chargers. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Maybe Sweet Blake and Lambda go sign up for the Chargers and they're just making. Why wouldn't they? Hello, NFL head coach Sweet yeah. Blake. Yeah. Give that guy a headset. That was dialed up way too quick. Well, the thing about Sweet Blake is 
you know, Sweet Blake's going to have to continue to massage these algorithms and yeah. codes. Uh-huh. If he wants these algorithms and codes to make the right calls on fourth down and not the, ah, uh, you're fucked calls on mm-hmm. fourth downs, Sweet Blake's going to have to do what Sweet Blake does to Lambda and all the algorithms that he potentially gets his meat on. That yeah. just seems like a whole lot of mumbo jumbo, personally. You don't say. You know, and it's like I don't, I don't understand the six people. Like, so are you saying, like, to Tony's point, if they're zero for five on third downs or whatever, and you have maybe like your DC or Lombardi be like, hey, like I, I understand the fucking model says we need to go for this, but maybe we should punt right now. Like, I, and I know we're back in football season because we're going right back to the same thoughts that we've had in years past. Sure. Mm-hmm. And I have evolved on some takes. This is not one of them. No, I feel like the world is lacking accountability. And I feel like this added stats for the people that just go with stats add in an excuse when something doesn't go well. Why didn't you do it? Or why'd you choose to do that? Well, the book, which is obviously created by people much smarter than me and smarter than you, says that this is the right move to do at the time. And obviously, he's got to run it. But I was told, and the numbers show, if you do your own research, 72% of the time, it ends up in our favor. This time it didn't. It's like, I feel like that is an out for people. Now, I'm not saying Staley would say it's an out or any of these people are using it as an out, but goddamn, how come somebody can't just say, yeah, I get the stats, I understand what's the the upside and what's the downside, but ultimately at the end, it's my decision on whether or not we're going for it. I either feel it or I don't. I feel like that's like Tomlin, I feel Bill Belichick, I feel like all the greatest coaches of all time don't have the out of, oh, the stats told me to do that. I, I might be wrong, I don't know if we're matriculating down the field and Lombardi was saying, hey, the numbers told me that four out of five times that this is going to do that. I just, I, I don't, I like the, the addition of stats. I think it's great. The m- knowledge is power in everything. The more educated you can get before you make a decision that's going to decide something, I think cool. Too much information, not being able to, how to cal- know how to calculate the information, that was also a problem in the NFL for a long time. Stats were getting thrown at football guys, and they're like, what the fuck do these even mean? Yeah. Like, well, 62% of the time, if you were to run the ball sweep left on first down, it is going to work better than if you run to the right. It's like, well, what about the other 38% of the time, though? Like, is that, are we dealing with hundreds and zeros, or are we dealing with, like, because there's, you know, that 38 in the history of football, that 38% is a lot of plays. That's a lot of fucking plays. Mm-hmm. And if we get added into it, it's not going to change much, and your algorithm's not going to change, but I'm going to be on the receiving end of the, uh, why'd you make that decision? Like, I just don't like when stats become the only deciding factor, because to me, it feels like just an excuse, and somebody doesn't want to take on the fucking pressure and responsibility of making the decision. Sure, stats are great. Use them every day, and it's great. they're great for gambling. And like you said, I don't know about real life or whatever, but I think it's good Like if the coaching staff has the stats in their head maybe before the game, and they if they can recall that at a certain point during the game, like, hey, we're on the plus 40, whatever, fourth and two. Yeah, we're down. We need to go for it, okay? Need that. But to determine, like... It's hard to be mad at a book. Pre-drive. Like, mm-hmm. as a fan, mm-hmm. player, owner, I assume... Coach comes out and says, book tells us to do that. Like, it's hard to be like, yeah, fuck it, fuck that book. Yeah, burn it. You know what I mean? Like, I, I just, I, I feel like, I don't know, that's a, it's an accountability thing for me. But I'm sorry, go ahead. I just things. don't like the pre-drive, like determining pre-drive thing where, like, the offensive corner is like, oh, we don't really have to get many yards on first, second, or third down. I know if we get six or seven, we're going for it on fourth. And let's assume we're not understanding everything that was sure. put on paper in front of us right there anyways because our reading level or advanced reading level is probably pretty low. But that didn't seem like the answer that I thought we were going to get at all with that. Well, and I don't think it's necessarily the case, but it does. Like, any time we talk to someone who has, like, really high football IQ when it comes to offense, and when you talk about like play calling, it's almost like an art. 
And I feel like that takes away a lot of the feel of it because it is. It's like you, you kind of already know what you're doing. You're beholden to something else. You can't just go with your gut, really, unless, I mean, Staley said, you know, hey, ultimately, like, if I don't like the way something's going, then I'll change it. But it does, like, like to your point, it seems like it's just, you know, you're, you're beholden to something else. And that's an easy out if things don't go your way. And we don't, we don't like being negative crew. We hope no, people. No, go I would love the Chargers. We hope people go yeah. for it on fourth down all the time and make it, and it's awesome. And I hope teams that are going against the Colts. I mean, Colts are another fourth down team that you know. Interesting. Mm-hmm. There's a book that also probably tells them to do what they do, mm-hmm. and some of them backfire. And the book doesn't remember you. The book doesn't remember your heartbreak. The book doesn't remember what you're going through. The book doesn't remember going down to Clontown last week of the season. And fucking embarrassing the city and the team. Like, the book doesn't remember that, you know? And that's why I don't like the... Normally super positive about stuff. Yeah. This one, I like responsibility, you know? Yeah. Like, I like yeah, yeah. I like somebody being like, yeah, I'm doing this. Now, Belichick, one of the first guys ever to use stats, right? Isn't that what old buddy... Oh, yeah, Ernie the, Adams. Yeah, Ernie yeah. Adams, like, one of the first stats people in the game be like, hey, I love the game of football. I grew up with Bill Belichick, mm-hmm. but my brain calculates things differently than his. Yeah, Wall Street guy. Hey, Bill, did you know that <laughs> out of the 27,258 times a screen has been run to the right half of the field, the left guard has never pulled. Maybe we pull guard, change game. And Bill goes, Thank you, genius. fucking genius. Any more of those you want? Yeah, well, if you get me a video of everybody's signs, I can memorize those <laughs> just like this and let our offense know exactly what the defense is doing. Bill says, fucking bet, pal. I got you. Anything else you got? So I understand that stats have been beneficial to people for a long time. But I, I the whole it needs to be the entire thing is just fucked up to me. And I know at the end he said, well, it's mindset and stats. But we watched last year. It was yeah. Hey, and I respect it. I fucking respect that you have that mindset. But it doesn't calculate the hey, it's going to get shoved up your rear end here on the other side of this. Yeah, and we saw it twice in the first like ten weeks where they did that and beat the Chiefs, and then they did that and they lost by like thirty to the Ravens. So like you definitely can see where the where it benefits where it doesn't. But like you mentioned, having a generational talent, like there's a difference between what Staley just said and then Harbaugh like asking Lamar when they're playing the Chiefs on Sunday Night Football, like hey, it's fourth and one, do you want to go for it or not? Love that. Like, that is such a. It's two completely different uh, like ways of going about <laughs> des- deciding and like. The Staley one just doesn't feel like the one where it's like, hey, do my guys want to go for it versus does the computer want my guys to go for it? By the way, every guy always wants to go for it. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Allegedly. Mm -hmm. Even though there's probably some guys during some drives that are like, "Ah, we need to go back to the drawing board here. Getting killed. This is not good. Yeah. Oh, what play are we running? Oh, great. Have we not watched this guy? (laughs) Yeah. Hey, this guy has beaten us every uh, single time. Now we're running that. Oh, now this is going to be on me. Oh, this is not mm -hmm, mine. mm -hmm. Uh, All right. Okay. Yeah. Woo! Bang, blow it up, other way. I mean, it's, uh, I like how aggressive people are getting. This is just like that guy, high school football coach or college football uh, coach. Yeah, who, he doesn't. Uh, he yeah. kicks onside kicks. Yeah, every single time. And mm-hmm. goes for it every single time, yeah, never punts or anything two. like that. Now, I think he won like 0 and 50 or something in actual football. It was in a low level. He won and did all that. Yeah. I think, I might be mistaken. By the way, guy sounds like a great guy. Guy mm-hmm. I'd want to be friends with. If I'm running a team, I'd like kicking onside kick every single time as well. Yeah, now, not if anything was actually on the line and sure. jobs were dependent upon it or anything like that, because there's been years and years and years of information collected by the greatest football minds and 
you know, there's strategies that you can play. Or you can just, you know, get out there and play chess and just push all the things for yeah, you. know, like, you might be able to win that way. I'm not 100% sure. But, like, he had stats on his side. You know, like, mm-hmm. well, my team recovered it 32% of the time, which is 32% more possession of the ball. It's like, what about the other 68% of the time that you're giving the other team a short field? And then on that short field, it's like, well, they will score from 70% of the time. at that, Like, that's never added into all the other shit, it feels like. You know what I mean? Well, and ultimately, I mean, if, if they win this year, it won't matter, right? They'll laud him as a genius if they if go, you if, get it. Yeah, if they go twelve and five and make the playoffs. But it seems like this kind of stuff, or at least last year, like early on, you know, it was they were going for it a bunch. They were getting it. It was awesome. And then late in the season, when like they really, you know, when they started to kind of choke down the stretch or fall apart. Oh, not geez. choke, but well, they, what's this guy's negativity? Well, they yeah. fall apart down the stretch, and it's like it gets magnified tenfold. So if they make the playoffs this year, no one's going to give a shit, and he'll be a genius. But if they don't, it's like, hey. Remember, when it matters, it matters. Right. Yeah. The second time they played the Chiefs. Remember they had like four or five opportunities just to kick a field goal, and they would have gone on to win the game, but instead they didn't. They went for it, and then the Chiefs come back, and it goes to overtime, and Kelsey scores his second touchdown. Like, there are specific times that stand out, and I think what Ty said, like, if they did go to the playoffs last year, maybe we're not talking about it as much, but, like, it seems as though they blew the season because of the fact that his fourth down method kind of was different just like fake punts and fake field goals if you get it you're a hero yeah. if you don't you're an idiot time to wrap this thing up uh, i was just looking because i know there were some egregious ones last year the uh, last game of the year last year remember when uh the winner of that goes to the playoffs they went for it on fourth and one on their own 18 in the third quarter when they were down 17 to 14 to the raiders they did not get it the raiders obviously you know that's a short field that's very on their own 18 yeah. third yeah. quarter to get in the playoffs and that last drive too. Remember? Three point game, three point fucking game. Yeah. On your, I, I, I don't, I don't know how I don't remember that because I think at the end of that game, right, there was the whole thing that happened. I think they hit five fourth downs on that last yeah, drive. Yeah, exactly. They had, to, they it, had that yeah. makes sense. A last drive, you have to go. For yeah, it. yeah. But that's where the stats get skewed because, like, all those fourth downs that they probably made that game on the last drive end up, you know, kind of tilting the entire stats even though they lost the one on the, the fourth 18, down. Yeah. On the 18. It's probably when you look at the game as a whole, like, oh, we did the right thing because on 70% yeah, of the time. Went six of eight on yeah, fourth down. Exactly. We just want everybody to know, stats are on everybody's team. Yes. Yeah. You just need to realize that. When you come with a stat, unless it's 100 to zero, it's 100, there is some stat that, well, if it's 99 to one, that's also great. Yeah, but that 1%, let's talk about that 1%. What happened uh, to the 1% thing that happened? Mm-hmm. Can't live in your fears, obviously. I think it's good information, but we can't shape every decision around it. Uh, Staley sounded like he kind of was saying that, but then he closed it out with mindset as well. So it's a yes, unless. We're going unless Staley goes, I don't like the look of my guys' eyes. Stat that. Uh, Antonio Brown was chit-chatting about his football future again. Mm-hmm. On uh, Sidewalk in L.A., it appeared. Okay. He was chatting with somebody from TMZ. A lady was holding her phone doing this interview with Antonio Brown. Antonio Brown appears to be in a great spot. And uh, is he coming back to the NFL? Last time we saw Antonio Brown on an NFL field, obviously he was shirtless, mm-hmm. chucking the deuces. Yep. Then he hopped into Danny Boy Hustle Hard's uh, GMC, Yukon, mm-hmm. went into a studio, and then the superstardom of Antonio Brown has only grown from then. He was in a room with Madonna and Floyd Mayweather and mm-hmm. Kanye, and yep. he worked together now. I mean, he has really been on a rocket ship. Is he coming back to the NFL? Will an NFL team sign one of the greatest wide receivers of all time? Huh. And which NFL team is on his mind? Let's get a TMZ reporter with a cell phone on a sidewalk. Listen, people people want you to come back to football. Tell, hey, tell Jerry Jones to call me. Really? Maybe. Maybe. Yeah? Maybe. <laughs> 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 
you want the production? Yeah? Maybe. Maybe? Maybe. Where, where do you think you could end up? In the sky. In the sky? What do you think? Have you spoken to Tom Brady at all? No, but tell him I missed the passes. I'm still open. <laughs> <laughs> I fucking love Antonio Brown. The best, yeah. He is the best. How about how about that lady shooting up his sky yeah. just in case he was pointing at a place that he was headed right. to? <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? That's very nice, Antonio Brown. If he wants me to do my dance, shit. <laughs> Put my shit on, dude. Cowboys make sense. Cowboys they do make sense. Antonio Brown and a star. Oh. Gallop off injury. Uh, Washington just got hurt. So remember whenever uh, Creed had those big bald baby looking things flying around? Of yep. course. Think about what Kanye is going to have every single oh, fucking game yeah. if Antonio Brown is playing for the oh, Dallas Cowboys. Maybe we'll be doing but it. But I thought he said, "Oh yes, we should put that shit yeah. on." I thought he said, "You fooling yourself, though, if you think I'm playing football this year." That was at that moment. I think he's been training now. Yeah. yeah. I think he feels a little bit better. I think his what he had an ankle injury there leaving the NFL. Remember, mm -hmm. he said, "I'll yes. get surgery." You yeah. signed me. I'll get surgery. I ain't. Ha I ain't going under that thing unless somebody's going to say I need to. Now he's like, "Hey Jerry, you want to say uh, bring AB back, bring uh, Mr. Big Chest back, mm -hmm. uh, bring back Timothy, uh, Timothy, bring back uh, Ronald, Ronald." Ronald. Uh -huh. Bring back uh, Antonio Brown? Yeah. Fucking, I'll get that surgery today, cuz. And Dak Prescott will be thrown to a wide open Antonio yeah. Brown. Because just like you said to Tom Brady, still, still fucking open. open. Here we go, out of baby. Here we go, out of baby. An hour to another hour of chit chat about sports coverage. Omar Khan, the new Pittsburgh Steelers general manager, will join us in about seven minutes. Cannot wait to chat with him. Hashtag PMS Poop Watch still trending because Ty Schmidt is going to explode at some point during today's episode because he had a nice latte this morning, which we learned was a cup of whole milk with a shot of espresso. And with this man's guts and the fact that he already housed an XL Starbucks on the way in, it's only a matter of time. TikTok. TikTok, mm. that poop's going to drop. Yeah, absolutely. It is uh, beginning to crown. So we are, it, it's coming here you shortly. Get your guesses in. We yeah. <laughs> uh, have not hit the time. Use hashtag PMS Poop Watch. What time will Ty Schmidt exit that door right there from the studio to go to the bathroom? He has gone out there once. I believe it was to grab something from his book bag. That did not count. But the time he exits that door to go demolish a toilet will be the winning time. If you get it right, you'll be one of four winners of $500. Uh, we can't thank you enough for watching. At Boston Connors here, another member of the talks table. Has he got a little gas here? Oh, yeah. It's been smelling pretty, pretty bad. What, candle? You got candles. No, it's okay. You don't want to, you know, light anything on fire, especially with all this stuff on here. You never know with the Pokemon cards or if this guy, whatever the hell it is, lights on fire. You well, you can that. set fire to rain. What did that mean? I don't know. I'm just kind of lighting up wet spots. We all sang, though. Mm -hmm. Didn't like we sang yeah. that. Oh yeah. When Adele releases a song, we all you sing. Yeah, you sing. Belt that shit. Yeah, especially because yeah. you never know with Adele. You don't want her, you know. Tone Diggs is here. Tone Diggs is here. One half of What's the hammer. Dad. Cowboys. Uh, Tone, how's the gambling going, pal? What are we betting on these days? Preseason football, MLB baseball. We got some NFL futures, some college football futures. Are you guys Ooh. having an episode tomorrow? Where? What? Hammer Down. Tomorrow where? You guys having an episode of Hammer Down tomorrow? Or no? 2B, TBD. Oh, so we might not have an episode yeah, tomorrow. Yeah, that's not what I said. What a, a half-ass fucking bullshit operation you guys got going. Taking okay. a Wednesday off? Oh, okay. okay. Oh, all right. Oh, okay. It's Thursday. Okay. All right. <laughs>
What's that all about, pal? Funny. Well, we're going to Colts training camp, so I don't know if it's physically possible. Uh, we are going to be at Colts training camp tomorrow. Cannot wait for that. Oh, a man yeah. that would not be with us, but is normally with us for the second and third hours of these shows, mm. except for yesterday because he was raising money for the troops. That's right. Ladies and gentlemen, college football national champion, Super Bowl champion, uh, Ryder Cup champion, COVID survivor, multi-time. Oh. Yeah. Just like two times, mm-hmm. I don't know, maybe three back to back. We don't have four. Yeah, five. still a thing, right? right? COVID's oh, yeah. still a thing. Oh yeah, is it? Jill Biden just got COVID. Doctor Jill, Doctor Jill, Jill Biden Not has just COVID. Doctor, yeah. Doctor Biden. So our respect. president gave his wife COVID. Well, no, they kept him isolated, I think, because he was doing his stuff from Correct. like a uh, Zoom link right. that appeared okay. in a room that had not been upgraded for uh, 90s, 60s. Oh, yeah, he was biking <laughs> on a beach. He wanted to get bathing suits yesterday. Well, yeah, that's after he beat. They yeah, had him he isolated, it. though. Okay. He beat it. Anyways, join us as a man that also beat COVID numerous times. Just like we hope Dr. Joe Biden will. Good luck. And good luck. Pete Carroll, I think, had it, too. You no, did. Pete yeah. Carroll. Someone else did. Kirk Cousins. Kirk Cousins. Kyler Murray. Yeah. We hope everybody's surviving. Jesus. Just like this guy did. Ladies and gentlemen, AJ. Yeah, AJ. AJ, thanks for beating COVID, dude. Hell yeah. Thank you. Thank you. A few times. Not more than two, I don't think yet. So, yeah, we're, we're going strong right now. Oh, a couple of times? Yeah, I think so. But I think I want to get my guess in for Ty. I'd say 148. Ty takes his dump out there, or he just dumps his pants accidentally. Okay, so dumping of the pants does not count. He does have to take a – he has to run. We what do you ch- mean? We covered this in the first hour, AJ. Okay, all right, then I'm in. I'm in. 148. 148 p.m. Eastern Standard Time is when the uh, the numbers have to be Eastern Standard Time for your guests. You have to tweet that, AJ. Okay, tweet it for me, Bill. Bill does not have your logins. Yeah, what the hell? Well, I, don't I don't even know my logins. Really, yeah. Dirty's making graphics. Bill's doing tweets for AJ. <laughs> yeah, what is this guy what is doing? This I like it, AJ. I like what you got going on, becoming a full <laughs> social media operation. Um, AJ, how was the golf tournament yesterday? We missed you, pal. Yeah, I, I missed you guys. It was fun. It was a you know outings usually take a while. It took a little while to get through it, but it was good, man. It was fun. It was Shotgun, good, perfect weather. Shotgun start. How many people at each hole? Two people at each, two teams at each hole. Yeah, two group. I mean, the, the event is yeah, it's giant now. It's sold out quick. So yeah, two groups every hole. Yeah, it was a lot of fun. Oh, cool. uh, there's backup. What was it, par five? Par three? Were the um, what's that called? The backup bottleneck. Bottleneck. It was a par five, par three. Uh, I- yeah, there's always you know there's always a couple holes that bottleneck the rest of the course. I feel like where three or four groups are stuck. Yeah, were you near Bob Carpenter? Was General Bob at oh. this thing? Bob did not play in this. No! no! What the hell? General Bob isn't going to events anymore in Columbus, Ohio. Is he okay? Is he sick? Has he got COVID? The, what? the troops. He's going to plenty of events, I think. I don't know why he wasn't uh, in on this one, though. I haven't asked him yet. I'll ask him Talk tonight at practice. Right, it's going to be tough to call him Gen- tonight at practice. Yeah, we have football practice. Four nights a week. I see him every four nights, four days a week now. Every time. And then once the season starts, we practice three days, I believe. So you guys have practice last night, tonight, tomorrow, and Thursday? Right now we go Monday, Tuesday, Thursday, Saturday, and then games start, and then it's like Tuesday, Thursday, Saturday, game Sunday. That's a lot of football, a lot of pads. You guys helmet to helmet every single day? Let's get CT and these kids quick. Oh, yeah. It's not helmet to helmet. We don't call it that. We say full pads for practice, yes. Oh, helmet helmet to helmet. helmet. Yeah, Yeah. you guys are doing helmet to helmet. Yeah, it sounds like. Full pads every day? (laughs) Full pads every day? Yeah, that's like kids. When you're young, there's no like, hey, shells today, guys. Like you, you didn't play football growing up, I guess. But that's not a thing. Do, hold on, do you have guardians on these kids or no? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> the good old kids. Can you imagine these tiny kids? They they have a hard time strapping their helmet. A lot of them. This is the first time playing football. And if they try to put guardians on the top of that, they would all just fall over. So it, I think one of the first times we talked to you, 
We were talking about how many people you've potentially killed, and you said, well, it's kill or be killed in there. Mm-hmm. So sorry, everybody's got to die, is what you said. That's how you described Oklahoma drills or whatever, or uh, bull in the ring or whatever the fuck you call it, wherever you're from. Is that what you're teaching these kids? Like you're telling your kid, like, hey, you're going to be scared to death. It's going to hurt, but you need to hurt other people more than you get hurt. You're going to get got. You just got to get yours more than you get got, though. Is that what you're saying to your kids right now? Or what is the coaching advice for these kids running their faces into each other four nights a week in the middle of Ohio? Well, right now, it's it's all strictly fundamentals, how to teach like the proper way to tackle, the proper way to block, okay. all of that stuff. Keep your head out of it. If your head does make some contact, no big deal. Get your hands out in front. <laughs> don't try to jam that head again at the guy's head. But if it happens... Don't worry, you're not going to be in trouble. I try to tell them that. And if you get blasted, guess what? Get up. We've all been blasted. So you, General Bob, and Schlegs, it's the Buckeye heroes are coaching this team? Who, uh, who, who, who? Unfortunately, Schlegs is not coaching uh, this team this year. Oh, he doesn't like kids. Uh, wow. Schlegs yeah. no, he's in like Jacksonville. Kids. He wanted to move back here, but he's still in Jacksonville. Is oh. he still on the Jags or he's just living down there? No, nah, he's living down there. He's got kids in high school that are in sports and everything, so it's kind of hard. Urban really fucked it up. Yeah, yeah he's he a lot. For a lot of people. Nobody ever talks about that. Yeah, huh? uh-huh. Schlegs better go. Nobody ever talks about the director of conditioning. No. Schlegs was tasked with, what, he had to be an engineer, too. They're building up in a full new building. Yeah. yeah. Schlegs, build this up, build this up, do this, move the fam. I'm going to take, uh, take my own plane home from Cincinnati, Schlegs. <laughs> All right. Well, Shrakes, why don't you make sure the boys get in good shape this week? And <laughs> I'm going to stick around, stick behind here. And then, boom, he's gone. Shrakes like, what's that mean for me? Boom, you're gone See too, you, pal. Huh? Just like that, right? He was just living his life in Columbus, Ohio, having, hey, all good, all good. Hey, you want to be in the NFL? Want to design a new yeah. weight room? Want to flip an entire franchise around? Yeah, yeah, I'll move the whole family. Let me put my uh, work boots on. I'll do some squats down there. <laughs> boom, boom, boom. And then, bang, out of town. See you later. Nothing, Schlegs. Stick around in the heat. You got nothing else to do. Wild. Damn shame. That's wild. That's a, that's a tough life of being a coach. You know, you you are attached to that head coach mainly. And you can, whether it's on you or not, yeah, you're going to have to move around. He knew that when he took the gig, though. So, yeah, he's, he's all right. They take care of him. Yeah, I concur. And I, I believe, here, here we go. Ladies and gentlemen, it's a big deal. Go. This is a big deal. Huge. Yeah. Isn't it? I mean, this is large. Yeah, huge. Because I'm from a town with a great football team. Go on and get them Steelers. All right, so in Pittsburgh, football is literally just a way of life. We're, it is an actual football town. I was very lucky to be baptized in NFL waters. The entire town goes as the Steelers go in the fall. There's been plenty of weeks that have been miserable around town because Cordell Stewart had an incompletion in the fourth <laughs> quarter that led to a division loss. Then there's been times where it's been nothing but triumph in jovial attitudes because the Pittsburgh Steelers pulled out a miraculous win in the fourth quarter on the game on Sunday. That is how Pittsburgh is. Now, for the first time in 22 years, there's a new general manager, a new person building the roster, a new person calling the shots in free agency, in draft, alongside Mike Tomlin, a man who's been within the Steelers organization since 2001, the brand new general manager of the Pittsburgh Steelers, Omar Khan. Yeah! Might be the best intro I've ever gotten. That's all. That was awesome. Well, it's the first, I mean, you're a you're new to this GM game. I'm sure some other motherfuckers will give you a good one too, man. But I, uh, I am honored to have you here, man. Thank you for joining us. How's life? Oh, thanks for having me. It's it's been great. You know, it's uh, living a dream, and you know, I'm in I'm in Pittsburgh, as you know what it means to be uh, uh, the GM and be be part of this team here. It's it's been awesome. 
Yeah, if there's success, you'll be out and about. If not, go ahead and hunker it down. Go ahead and turn <laughs> yeah. that thing around. Um, yeah, you, You've been a part of the Steelers organization for 21 years now, and Colbert allegedly was going to draft the next quarterback, and then he was going to kind of drift off. It was almost like a smooth handoff. Now, I think they interviewed numerous other people. You ended up being the right person for the job. I think every Steelers person knew you were going to get hired over everybody else because you how the Steelers have operated for a long time. I assume you knew that as well. GM is something you always wanted to do this is kind of why you get in the profession that you got in in 2001 out of Tulane University you want to get become a GM and now you're with Pittsburgh has it been a lot has it been too much has there been anything that you haven't expected yet come across your table no it's been it's been awesome I mean, it's been great I mean I have no complaints obviously my phone rings a little bit more I get more emails um, get more text messages and you know I'm up at night every time I get up in the middle of the night I'm, I'm returning I, I have a habit of returning text messages and emails so uh, that's about it. But other than that, it's been exactly what I expected. I had a great teacher, and, and Kevin have been around some great people that have made the transition really smooth for me. What do you guys do in the interview process, which obviously you've been a part of interviewing candidates and head coaching candidates in the past, but you guys, you don't, ha you don't have 15 coaches rolling through there in 20 years like some programs seem like they do. Do you guys do anything different or more in-depth? Like hiring Tomlin was a genius move, I feel like. Obviously, you guys had a lot of success, and now you interview and you get hired like – were they using some of their old, tr your own tricks on yourself? You know, I don't know. You'd have to ask the boss that. But um, you know, I, I always—they've always done a great job of supporting their people here, whether it's the GM or the head coach or the assistant coaches, the trainer, people on the business side. And you know, the expectation isn't, "Hey, you got to win in X amount of years and you're and you're gone." Like there's there's a plan in place. And, you know, longevity is important, and they understand that the the ride to the top is you know it's a roller coaster to the top, right? So. Um, and they're willing to ride it, and, and that's always been awesome. It's an awesome thing. We're talking to Omar Khan, general manager of the Pittsburgh Steelers. Now, this was Colbert's last draft class, but you're the GM of the team. Who gets credit for pickings and picket? Like, will this go on your resume here, like in uh, five, ten years from now, and all the other draftees as well, not just those two? But how was that process? Were you a part of it? And do you feel like some sense of ownership over this rookie class? Or was this Tomlin and Colbert's literal last, you know, kind of dance together during the draft class? Um, I'll say this. Um, you know, Kevin, Kevin obviously led the train, and um, – but we, we always, you know, he was always great at collaborating and having a lot of us involved and understanding. We give our opinions and this and that. But, um, you know, Kevin led the train. But like any big Steeler decision, you know, we sit in a room, we talk about it, and we make it, we make the decision, we make the Steelers' decision and uh, move forward. So you might have to ask me that question in five, five or ten years, like you said, so we can – so I can give you the real answer. Hell yeah, and you're going to be there 15 years from now. That's just how the Steelers are. And how the Steelers seem to never get it wrong. The story about Cowher leaving two iron cities in the beer in the fridge uh, for Mike Tomlin. Did Colbert do the same for you? Leave you a couple beers in the fridge of his office there? or was I, I, I just had a, a messy office. That's all I got. <laughs> <laughs> Colbert said, so you deal with this. I just went through the whole draft class. Um, for the first time... In 18 years, first time in 22 years, new GM. First time in 18 years, no known starting quarterback. How involved are you in that entire process? How collaborative is that with Tomlin and the coaching crew? Or is that a hands-off, the coaches coach, they do what they got to do? It's our job to continue to add to the team, make cuts and stuff like that. Mike and I talk multiple times a day. You know, it's, 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 it's a, you know, obviously he's the head coach. He's going to decide who plays. But we talk all day. He keeps me up to date. I give him my opinion. He gives me his. We talk through things, and, you know, we'll see how it all plays out. 
Tomlin has been a staple of Pittsburgh. Why is that, you think? Why has Tomlin been such a successful head coach over all these years? Because you've been there watching, obviously, from a different role. Now you're working alongside of him as a GM. Why do you think Tomlin has worked in the NFL? So, you know, obviously he's he's a genius when it comes to the X's and O's. But um, just just a person. I mean, he is a great person. I said this in my press conference. And you know him. You know him, Pat. Like, yeah. The passion this man has for the game of football it's just second to none at all levels. I mean, it's just not the NFL or college football. I mean, he, it doesn't matter what it is, high school football. You know, if, if there's people on TV throwing a football around, he's going to try to figure out what it is. It's just he, the passion he has for this game, it's, it's awesome. It's a beautiful thing. What's it like when you if you sit and try to plan for the future? Pat and I talk about all the time how the, the salary cap's not real. You guys can figure it out, manipulate it, kick the can down the road, as they say, like, Compared to when you got in the NFL until now, like you've had to change and evolve and progress a lot. Like, do you try to look like five years down the road and say, hey, "What's this going to look like? How could the CBA possibly change how we structure things?" Yeah, you know, we always look at it. Um, you know, it's funny because when you're in this role, I, I, Kevin, I, so you know, you you have to look at th- things not only on the short term but long term. But yeah, we look at it usually about four years out. You know, and then it's just projections, right? We don't know. Uh, how much the salary cap is going to go up, you know, what type of deals they're going to get to run it up. I mean, I, I'm not sure the league's getting all the marketing-type deals you're getting right now, Pat. Whoa, <laughs> whoa. That's, uh, I, don't, I don't know if that's going to happen. But, yeah, we look at it for usually like four years out. I don't know, man. Two and a half billion for Reds. Have you heard about this? Two and a half billion for Sunday ticket. Do you keep an eye on that at all or no? No, I just I just wait to see what the cap's going to be. That's it. Is that what it is? That's pretty. That's a pretty big number. Yeah, you. So the current number is one billion with Direct TV, right. and I guess what they're asking for at the next one is two and a half billion. It's going to be either Apple or Amazon. That's for Sunday Ticket, Red Zone. Wow. That's it. So that should do a significant. That's what I think. That's what AJ's asking. Like, do you keep an eye on any of this? Thinking, hey, the salary cap might grow like drastically, or do they give you pretty good bumpers on what it's probably going to be? We usually take like a pretty conservative approach, you know. We just just to be safe. But no, I don't. I don't look at. It. Like I didn't. I didn't know that they were asked. You know, the two and a half billion number. That's not not something I knew. That's that's impressive. You know that though. That's good. Well, that's all we got to cover about. Because by the way, that money directly affects our business too. Because <laughs> uh, we are, and you know, our more, you know, business. All right. Yeah, I got you. Yeah, yeah. I got you. They're seeing what other people are getting. Hey, well, they have a lot of money. Yeah, yeah. Okay. All right, we got to pay attention to all that. I'm happy you're just paying attention to the team. I mean, that's an incredible thing. The way you shape contracts, and the Steelers have always been traditionally like old school. Like, hey, this is the Pittsburgh Steelers. This is how we go about doing business. This is the deadline for this type of stuff to get done. This is the deadline for this type of stuff to get done. It's just kind of how it's always been, even since, like, you know, old Rooney, like original Rooney days. It's kind of a staple of how things operate. And I don't think any Steelers players really cause any shit do you look into that when you're drafting guys? Like, what guys fit our company? Like, what guys fit our mold? What guys fit our city? What guys fit what we're trying to build? How we go about doing things? Is that an active part of the ingredient and in what you're looking for when you're bringing players to the Steelers? You think? Yeah, I mean, we try to identify a Steeler, right? And what that means, you know, that's an open-ended question. I could be on the show for five hours. We got time. Too much time. <laughs> we got time. Yeah. About what a Steeler is, and you know the community. You you live here. You grew up here, so you know what it's like. But yeah, there's 
there's a specific individual. You're not always going to be right. You try to be right every time. But, yeah, there is a there is a formula there. And what is it? Just going to be a guy that loves football probably, right? Like T.J. Watt. He got introduced yeah, last true. onto the field. It was his second year or something like that. I thought that was a massive deal in Pittsburgh that this guy's young, getting introduced last, and then you start piecing it together. It's like every play he goes 150 miles an hour. He gets sacks. He's excitable. He works his ass off. And he kicked his agents out of the way right. to get a deal done to become a state. It's like he is almost perfect for the city of Pittsburgh. Then you think on the other side, like this Pickens character, guy that people thought tore an ACL, not going to be good. He's a dog and he's blocking people. Like Pittsburgh people are going to be like, this is our motherfucking guy. Like these are things that I think you guys have hit on more than most. Like the Steelers represent the city of Pittsburgh more than a lot of other cities' teams represent the city they're in. And I wonder if that's a calculated thing. It sounds like it is. It sounds like it actually is. Yeah, I mean, you try. I mean, I've been here what going on 22 years, so I've kind of, you know, I'm a Pittsburgher, so I've kind of uh, come to understand what it's like and what it means. But you always, we have the formula. Obviously, I can't sit here and tell you what our formula is. Come on! That, would, that wouldn't be fair. I can't. I can't do it. <laughs> but, but uh, uh, you know, there is, there is, there is a specific player that we look for and the intangibles and certain characteristics and that's never going to change you know that goes way before kevin and before me and and it's worked and you know i think you said it best you know we we, we try to represent the city of pittsburgh and the community here that's important for us and we want players that are going to do the same and um you know but yeah they they want to they want to do the same yeah, it's a great organization, man, from top down. It it's feels like it's great. Like, yeah, and it's, it's, awesome. it's like a college, too. All the OGs come back. Like, that is yeah. – that's a beautiful thing. Have you been on any other teams? Have you been around any other NFL teams? I, I, I was with the Saints before I came here. Uh, I was with the Saints for four years before I got hired by the Steelers. But, yeah, but you, I mean, you've been here. You too. It's like the, having the alumni, you know, around so much, they come back and, you know, we still stay in touch with them and – it's 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 an awesome thing. It really is. Yeah, Ben Roethlisberger's giving Kenny Pickett <laughs> gloves to wear. That's right. Yeah. The head tone. Omar, I'm sure you know this, but Yinzer's for like the last ten years. Oh, that's a, that's a finance guy. That's what they say about Omar Khan. And then Colbert Colbert came from more of a scouting background. So now yeah. that now that you've come into the GM role, anything change as far as like for the scouting of the players since you're coming from the finance business side of it versus Colbert being on the on the scouting side? What changes for you as you go into the GM role there? Um, you know, I, I think, you know, I, I said this before that I think like every good leader understands what his strengths are and his weaknesses are, and he surrounds himself around people that are going to help him be successful. And I put together a great staff in terms of the scouting process. It's not going to change much. It's work. You know, Kevin always did a great job. And, you know, I've had the, I've had the opportunity to learn from a, a Hall of Fame owner and Dan Rooney, a future Hall of Fame owner and Art Rooney, a future Hall of Fame GM and Kevin Colbert a Hall of Fame coach in Bill Cower, a future Hall of Fame coach in Mike Tomlin. You know, I've been around Bill Nunn, Hall of Famer Bill Nunn, you know, and, and count for other Hall of Famers, right. Dick, LeBeau, Dick LeBeau, Russ Graham. And even when I was in New Orleans, just, you know, I was around Mike Ditka. You know, we didn't have a lot of success there, but he was an amazing person to be around. Jeez. We uh, we had, what, uh, Kaboli on here last week. He, thank you guys for giving him a, uh, a ride in the golf cart, actually, by the way. He had to go do a sit-down. You guys gave him yeah, a, ride. Run a great ride. picture. Stop giving him the fucking run around. <laughs> yeah. He's like in a boot there. or something. I don't know what he did. He's like in a boot. Both Achilles. Both, Both Achilles. <laughs> two boots. Two boots. Sorry. <laughs> yeah, two boots. So, yeah, he thanks you for that golf cart ride that he almost fell off whoever he was going to interview. But I asked him about Big Ben, like, it's, it's the first time in a long time where Big Ben's not out there on the field. Does it feel any different to you, or does it feel like there's any 
different kind of energy? It seems like the young guys obviously are stepping up and playing well. Ben was a great player for us, 18 years, loved having him around. We had a lot of success with him. And, um, you know, you get spoiled when you have a guy like of, of Ben's ability for so long. But I can tell you that this camp, it, it's been a lot of fun watching uh, these guys compete. You know, Mitch and uh, Kenny and Mason and, and even Chris. Uh, it's just been a lot of fun and it's exciting. And, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm excited about what's to come. I'm excited to see what's going to happen the next couple of preseason games. Hey, when you signed Mitchell Trubisky to a deal, you guys know you're having a, you're going to get a quarterback then, or Kenny Pickett falling to twenty, just like we have to. Was there any? You don't have. To oh no, no. I mean, we 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 um, you know, when we signed Mitch, we we thought very highly of Mitch, and you know, you see how the deal is structured, you know, and um, you know, we brought him in to compete, and we were we were sitting there on draft day, and Kenny was available. We thought very highly of Kenny, obviously, and you know, you just you know couldn't pass on him. How about that place was still packed fourth quarter. All yeah. the University of Pittsburgh football teams there, Narduzzi's on the side, a Kenny Chan is starting. That has to feel good as the person that's kind of putting the team together. It feels like the city is rallying around this. Not that Mitchell Trubisky wasn't getting love. I think he was getting yeah. love. But it feels like it's working perfectly almost. Is that Am I getting an accurate read from the outside in on how this could go with egos and city and support and torn lock? Like, it feels like this is all going pretty perfectly, which I guess we should have expected from the Steelers. But this is the first time in a long time something like this has been going on. Yeah, I mean, time will tell. I, w I will say all these guys are handling it right. You know, they're very pro the professional way. But, you know, time, time will tell. But I think the future's bright. We're excited. You look around the AFC North, a lot of money going quarterbacks. You know what I mean? And that just means, well, you're going to have to pay Kenny Pickett in a few years. You think about that? Uh -oh. You hope, right? You hope you get to a point. Absolutely, absolutely, absolutely. Do you make it back to Pittsburgh much? Well, you know, I try my best. A couple golf outings and things like that. But if I get back, I get too fat, too drunk. You know what I mean? It's always yeah. it's the same trip every time I go to Pittsburgh. I eat all the food that I miss, and then I drink all the booze that I've missed out on. And then I come back to Indy hungover for like two weeks. You know, it's like, what were your spots? What are your spots down here? What do you come eat when you come out here? Okay, so Rudy's, obviously. Rudy's <laughs> Subs is the first go-to. I will eat the hell out of Rudy's Sub. Used to stop by Jerome Bez's Bar and Grill. That's been shut down. I heard you guys, big conglomerate, oh, shut that down damn. there. Go to the casino every time. Tip the casino. I give them a few hundred bucks so I don't get jumped on the south side. And then I go to the south side normally, and then I just shut it down no more. You know what I mean? All right, got it, got it. Rudy's, I'm going to have to write that down. I'm going to have to go check it out. Uh -huh. What are, what are you I'm going to tell you, Sam. Ah. I look, listen, pizza. This Joyce. is the greatest town for pizza. There's pizza on every corner. Oh, yeah. I love the pizza. Out here. Yeah, I got my spots here in Latrobe. You know, I'm in my dorm room here still uh, at St. Vincent, but I got my pizza spots here. I go back to the back to town. I live in the South Hills of Pittsburgh. I got my spots out there. Um, but I love pizza. I, I, if I want an Ita Italian hoagie, there's this place in Bridgeville called Serafina's. Love it. Oh, Serafina's. Hey. How many Italians are in Pittsburgh, Omar? Was that alarming to you when you moved to Pittsburgh? You're like, God damn, everybody. You know what? I, I'm married an Italian from uh, the Mon Valley. Yeah, uh, of course. <laughs> of course. Of course. I mean, that yeah. is, it, it, the most, that's why pizza's everywhere. I grew up Dallas Salad Pizza. Unbelievable. Uh, obviously, in the East Hills of town. You got down. What are, what are the South Hills joints that you stopped by? 
Fiori for pizza, you said? Yeah, Fiori's. Yeah, it's the only one. Yeah. Fiori's. I love Fiori's. It's 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 a home run it's every best. time. So whether many. it's early or late at night, it's awesome. Connor. It's awesome. So many Italians, delicious. Dude. Connor, you don't know shit. <laughs> I've been to Fiori's. This guy's from Boston, Omar. Don't let him fool you. He's trying his best. You know what I mean? This guy trying to get in there. Uh, behind the glass, Paisano from Pittsburgh. Obviously, Nick has a question for you. Omar, right now you're currently carrying three quarterbacks on the roster. Do you plan to do so during the season, or is there a possibility if someone were to come calling and that phone were to ring, you, you'd listen for some offers for maybe uh, one of those three? What's his name, Nick? What's his deal? We don't need to name names. Just a yeah. hypothetical question. If, uh, if someone called and needed a quarterback, would Omar be listening? Are you always wheeling and dealing, too? Follow up. I mean, you you take all, but I'll be honest with you. I you know we don't have int any intention of trading any of those guys. We, we really like them, and you know there's some decisions to be made. But Sorry, I, I I'd be uh, I'd be surprised if there's anything anything goes happens down that path. How many people call you on a daily basis about players? Because I know 4 p.m. today, right? Cuts are happening, so there'll be a lot of movement, or no for you today? Um, you we have to make some cuts and you know put a couple guys on IR and. Um, but, yeah, we, we just talked, you know, I was talking to probably five or six of my uh, counterparts around the league. Everybody's calling, trying to figure out if anybody's anybody that ready to swap out, things like that. It's just a natural process. But phone phone's, phone's ringing a lot this time of year. Group text or is it text or phone call, FaceTime? What is it? No, just no no group stuff. Just one-on-one -on -one calls. That's it. Text, calls, FaceTimes? Calls. I think you should do FaceTime, see if the yeah. motherfucker's real or not. You know what are I mean? people paranoid about putting text or sending texts from GM to GM? Like, hey, we don't want this to pop up sometime. It happens. We usually, you know, you know, I'm, I know we all know each other, so it's it's easy to just hop on a call and just small talk a little bit and then just get right to the point. Anybody trying to take advantage of you because you're first year GM? You feel like you're getting some bad deals being offered to you, so you got to like kind of, you know, say, hey, listen, I ain't. Is there any of that going on, or is it pretty respectful? Absolutely. Absolutely. People are testing. There's wow. no doubt about it. Without getting into names or specifics, 100% that's happening. Hey, we're wondering if we could get a uh, good deal for you. I don't know, you. You haven't been around. I don't know how much Colbert sold you. This is a great deal. Probably this ain't going to come again. That, that type of stuff's happening? Well, I do get the, uh, hey, I was thinking and looking at your roster, and I think this would be a good deal for you, and dot, dot, dot. You know <laughs> <laughs> probably Ballard. Probably, probably fucking Ballard. Oh, I absolutely it. love that Chris Ballard and all the boys are trying to test you. Uh, uh, Ballard's awesome. It wasn't Chris, but it was he's awesome. All right. Well, we so are you. You're awesome, too. Good luck with everything. Obviously, there's only 32 of you doing the job that you do. It's a prestigious position, let alone for the Pittsburgh Steelers. You're obviously doing a great job. Good luck with everything. Can't wait to chat with you 10 years from now or five years from now when you got to pay Kenny Pickett $350 million guaranteed. <laughs> I appreciate you guys having me on. Let me know when you're in Pittsburgh next time. We'll uh, we'll grab Mike T and go to Rudy's. Okay, we'll go to Rudy's. Oh, stay yeah. away from the booze, though. <laughs> you stay away All from right. the booze. Right, we appreciate you. Ladies and gentlemen, Omar Khan. Thank you. Yeah. And congrats to this man that's joining us right now. Oh, yeah. Because for another year, for this makes the 10th straight year? 12th, actually. 12th straight wow. year that the Third and Goal Foundation has put together a golf outing that has been a smashing success and raised a lot of money for the military and troops, I believe, with homes and making things more accessible. He's not only a star quarterback formerly of Notre Dame and in the NFL, you can see him on Big Noon Kickoff Show. Oh, okay. nice. Yeah, you can also see him in the family reunion for A.J. Hawk. Oh. Uh, you can see his big, handsome face on radio, I believe, every day. And you can hear him burying the Jets on a daily basis. Yeah. Ladies and gentlemen, Brady Quinn. Yeah. Yeah. 
What's up, dude? Thanks for having me, guys. Hey, can I chime in on this whole like punting conversation? Is is your is a gut the only thing that can get in the way as your leg swings up? Can yeah. I just throw that out there? I'm curious to see what AJ is going to do with that. Yeah, you're talking about a hammer, obviously, and you lose you lose the ball every once in a while. You know, I've had a couple couple of these situations after a punt. You know, you got to do mm-hmm. like the uh, oh the thighs. You know what I mean, the thighs. But the gut gets in the way, Brady. That is something you've never known. You've had a ten pack your whole life. That you handsome. You would never understand. Understand, Brady. There's there's zero truth to that. Zero truth to that. I I think they let me punt like they uh, they do the quick kick, which I I never really understood. But I think Charlie Weiss let me do it a couple times in college, and both were pretty awful. So that that was that, that was my, my punting days were over pretty quick. Well, at least you gave it a go. You know who punts better than you? If I had to guess, who's that? Zach Wilson. Yeah, <laughs> definitely. Wow. What's your deal with Zach Wilson? Hey, I'm gonna put this quote back up that you said. Was this this morning you said this or last night? Uh, it would have been neither. Let's see. Oh, okay. Uh, this is a couple days ago. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, a couple days ago. Yeah. Despite the injury, Zach Wilson looked awful in that preseason yeah. game. Can we just acknowledge the media continually try to make Zach Wilson something, question mark? The media wants this to work out so badly, and it's kind of tough to listen to, quite honestly. I've never seen a QB get so much love from the media for doing less than Wilson in a long time. Once he got selected in the draft, I had my concerns. He's smaller, so he's subject to injury. He didn't play against elite schools in college, and he's staring down targets. All of these things have played out. I hope he recovers from this, but I don't get the media love. They'd be good with Jimmy Garoppolo at quarterback, but they won't make that move because they've invested so much in Zach Wilson. So your problem isn't with Zach Wilson per se. It's just with the media love of this guy. And do you feel this because of, you know, if any other quarterback played the way he played, they'd be getting murdered? Do you feel like you're doing a service for every other quarterback that has maybe gotten murdered and that's why you have such a a, a feeling towards I, this? Because you sound like a hater, Brady. You sound, yeah, like, well, you sound like a hater. Yeah, and then maybe that does come off that way. I think nowadays, you know, unfortunately in the media, it's hard to, like, not if you're ever critical. Sure. And I think I'm more just kind of critical of, like, the coverage of it only because, like, Sam Darnold, who's a young man who I got to see coming out from USC. And I thought from, like, calling his games, from watching his tape, uh, bigger kid, just as athletic, if not more athletic, probably had just as much arm talent, probably upside. But he got thrown into a bad situation with the New York Jets, you know, and, and I think you saw how that obviously worked out in his career. And, you know, now he's in Carolina trying to fight just to stay alive for something. With Zach Wilson, it was like there was all this hype about it. And you kind of saw his rookie season. And meanwhile, like we've seen other rookies go out there that have been thrusted into it, like a Joe Burrow, for example. Early on, didn't play much, but still looked the part. Justin Herbert. I mean, Terod Taylor got stabbed before a game in the lung and punctured a lung, Justin Herbert's like, all right, my time to go in. It's balled out ever since. So it's just odd. Like, I don't hear the media clamoring over Justin Herbert. I mean, everyone likes him. I think they acknowledge what he's done. But, you know, he doesn't get the same type of acknowledgement as, as, you know, it feels like maybe some of the other top guys should. So it's more of just looking at, I think the, the, it was really the New York media market specifically. Yeah. That I just think they're dying for a team to have success. They're dying for a guy to work out and be the guy. And, um, I don't think it's been warranted yet. That, that's all I've kind of pointed out. But I think all the, even all the stuff about the MILF coverage and all that, it's like, all right, that's fun, right? Like, like everyone's saying, you know, he's into 
you know, cougars are older women. All right, that, that, that's his own prerogative. But that, who cares? That doesn't have anything to do with he's football. Come on. Like, he's, he's dumb, right? We, we didn't think he was a dog. Like, we saw draft <laughs> night. He had no, ah, you know, we had no idea. And then we hear this story about him just going to his mom's little friends gathering and being like, you tonight, then you, Mark. <laughs> like that, we learned a lot about this Zach Mormon, or, sorry, no offense to all Mormons, but a Mormon Zach Wilson guy that made us think, oh, this dude is a dog, potentially. You put that in with a no-look sidearm dart in training camp, you piece those two things together, you're going to get a lot of us going, this guy, this guy's a guy. But you're saying on the field it just hasn't been a warranted conversation yet and you're not ready to kind of hand over to the crown yet to Zach Wilson. No, that's all. I mean, I just don't think it's warranted the discussion of like, okay, he's the future there yet. And I think they've got a long ways ahead. Um, you know, this is a team that's a young team. They've got more talented over the offseason, but I- I'm not ready to buy in on that yet. It's kind of similar to like Trey Lance. Like everyone's raving about his preseason debut. That's great, but can we like pump the brakes? I mean, we, we wait and see what happens once we get to actual regular season games. Like, that's what the actual games are played. Oh, you so. want everybody to stink, Brady? What's your deal? <laughs> no, I'm not. It's, it's, it's anything to do AJ, with that. AJ, your question. Like, I mean, it's hater in the family. Jeez we, Louise. We tend to overreact no. about a lot of things. What? And then the problem is we build people up only to literally sweep their legs, man. Yeah. And, and that's the only thing is, like, can we just, like, be patient with the whole process of all this? Because the hardest thing is some of these guys – they get built up so much that when they fail, they don't give it any time to grow. People are like, okay, let's move on to the next guy. It's like, well, that's not how it works. Like sometimes it takes you a few years to find your way. You know, Joe Burrow had to go to LSU to eventually have the greatest season we ever saw in college football. You know, he got drafted at 24. It took him some more time for he to get on the field and showcase what he was capable of. Now we look at him as like a guy who's going to compete for a Super Bowl. So that's all I'm saying is I think we're just so quickly to anoint guys and then we're quickly to tear them down. I mean, I remember Carson Wentz after the first three weeks, wow. his rookie year. Right. They were condemned at Wentzylvania. And we were like, hold on a second, man. Can we, can, we, can we wait and see what happens here? Can we wait and see how this whole thing plays out? Uh, so that's all it is. It's just more like patience with the way we go about annoying. It's like the Instagram world. Like we see these highlights on Instagram. We're like, well, that's what it is. That's what they are. Everyone's life's like that. Every, you know, every play, every throw is going to be like that. Yeah. That's what we ventured into. Yeah. Social media is real. <laughs> that AJ, please. Brady, you mentioned Carson Wentz. I want to pivot quick from ah. Zach Wilson. How do you think Carson? How do you think it plays out there in Washington? We know we, there's been different reports from camp. There was a, a testy interview that he had that the president stood up for him. How do you think their season goes? And how does Carson Wentz do? Trey Wingo is not happy. No. Yeah. I, well, is, is he ever happy? Um, well, I don't know. <laughs> is that a thing? Is that a thing? I don't know. No, I'm, I'm I, don't, I don't know. What's Brady's deal? Hey, Brady, you just hop right into Thunderdome, huh? You just say, hey, where's Thunderdome? Let me dive right into it. Who wants it? Is Trey Wingo ever fucking uh, happy? Yeah. Yeah. Chief trend officer? Oh, you tell me. Jeez, I'm, just, I'm just saying. I, why can't I pose the question? That's a great um, question. I think they're a sleeper for the NFC East. I think he's going to have a great year. Um, I think... You know, I'm not sure what happened in Indy. I mean, statistically, it wasn't, it wasn't the worst. It wasn't the worst play in the world last year. You go back, watch some of it. You're going, "Hey, there's a guy who's in a new team, new system. He's learning some of the ropes there uh, with some of the players he's throwing to." Like, yeah, you have familiarity with Frank Reich, but the reality is, you know, some things have probably changed since they had last worked together. So you're working through some of that. You're working with guys you hadn't had a chance to play with before. All those things kind of play into it. And really, when you go back and watch it. Yeah, there were some really bad plays, like the uh, the left-handed interception when he was backed up against his own goal line that ended up going for a pick six. That was obviously one of them. And he didn't finish great down the stretch, but like they didn't finish great as a team either. So, Whoa. What? 
I'm just saying. They, they, I think they were a talented team that could have finished a little higher. But if you would have yeah. given them second year, I think you would have been better there. Do you watch? You actually said you watched. You just did like the if you watch it, you didn't though. You just watched a couple of the games. Uh, I try to watch as much as I can. So it, it's hard to kind of find that fine balance between college, NFL, and watching all of it. You're consuming obviously a lot of games. But he threw I, I think that's, seven picks in one half that got dropped. Yeah. Seven, I think, in one half. I Literally, yep. I think I saw him throw seven. San Fran. San Francisco, but, rainy day. The yeah. team is on defense for – the players are on defense for a reason. Normally can't catch. He was hitting guys right in the chest for the Niners. Yep. Six, seven different times, one half. They dropped them all. So, yeah. every, you know, like the whole – Watching him but play first, was a problem. First, first year in the system. First year, I, I think that's going to be the case for a lot of guys who transfer to a new system. But again, I don't think it's quite as bad as we're making out. It was bad. He wasn't the worst quarterback in the league last year. Can we can we acknowledge that? He was not the worst quarterback in the league. Zach Wilson. <laughs> Bro. I, I didn't say that. I, didn't, I don't know who said that. I didn't yeah, say that. but he sounds like you're co-signing it all of a sudden. He, <laughs> the, uh, he was a cardiac arrest to watch, though. Like, yeah. that is the last thing you want at quarterback, isn't it? Don't you think that's the last thing you want at quarterback? Don't you think quarterback's supposed to be, like, the model of consistency? Like, care about the ball. Care about the program. You know, if you have an MVP playing <laughs> running back, not check out of runs so that you can build your stats up a little bit when you got Jonathan Taylor in the back. That was potentially happening, allegedly happening. I think the what? good plays from Carson's real. But at this stage of the game, don't you think, like, the bonehead decisions that he was making on a regular basis is not, like, a $30 million quarterback, a veteran quarterback. If it's a first year, second year, third year even maybe, you like kind of let that stuff happen. But now an established paid quarterback, at what point do you go like, hey, this guy's never going to be able to be an NFL quarterback because he's great high school quarterback, great college quarterback, backyard football. I want Carson Wentz on my team every single game that I'm playing in. But in the NFL, like the quarterback is beholden to the game, I think, in like, he just doesn't have that. Do you think he can learn that? Is that something? Yeah. Look, I think all guys can do a better job of taking care of the football, but there's a fine Not line. all too. guys. Aaron has, like, the top seven fucking touchdowns to uh-huh. interceptions. Or I don't know if he, I don't yeah, know if he can mean, better, Bray. Well, he's talentedly, ridiculously talented, too, as far as his accuracy and all that. Not, not everyone has his talent or accuracy. But you're, you also can't ask someone to, to change some of what they do when they make some of those plays. Like, I don't know how much you watched Philly early on when Carson was there. It was more talented team around him when they won a Super Bowl. Granted, he wasn't part of that. It was Foles. But still, when you go back and watch some of that tape, he was making some of those plays. Before he got injured, he was scrambling around, shrugging guys off. He looked like a young Ben Roethlisberger. And I don't remember people talking about some of the boneheaded plays then. It was like we were almost saying, well, hey, that's part of his game. That's what he is, man. Like He's going to extend the play and make a play downfield. Um, and so that's the hard thing is, like, how do you – when you go back and watch some of the throws that Patrick Mahomes makes, you know, that's not, like, what you're teaching your kids – like I, I just was with AJ back in Ohio. We were talking to Hendricks. Like I would never teach him to throw back across his body, but Patrick Mahomes has the ability to do that. And there might be come a time and place where he has to do that. So how do you weigh that fine line? So it, look, honestly, like when I saw some of the bad throws, or him, it felt like he was pressing. It felt like he was a guy that knew that he was on his second chance with a team that had a head coach was familiar with him, and that was the opportunity he was going to get, and he had to make something out of it. And that's a tough spot to be in in the NFL where, like, this is your dream, man. And if it doesn't work out, that's probably it. And now you're relegated to being a backup if you're in the league. And that's an entirely different experience when you're just sitting there holding a clipboard when you're actually out there and you are the guy. So uh, back to the original question. Like, I, I am high on the Washington Commanders. Um, I think he's going to have a good season. I think it's a talented roster. And I think uh, people are going to be a little bit maybe surprised. I know they've talked about inaccuracy or whatever else people have said. 
Uh, he'll be fine once the, once the games start coming around. I didn't I, never about inaccuracy. Always just about his decision making. In and I didn't know you think that he'll be able to change that. I'm excited for it. Also, interesting take by you. Uh, kind of like going for a fake punt or going for it on fourth. If those plays are going your way, you're a hero. If they're going against you, you're an idiot. That's just how oh, football dude. is, I guess. Which kind of pivots me to this question. I'm excited to watch Carson Wentz play well. And I will say, Colts fans. I don't think anybody wishes Carson ill. Like, we hope Carson does well, but we're very excited not to have to deal with him, I think. Yeah, like, not have to deal with the uh, the watching of it. I, I think it's difficult. Now, let's pivot away from that. Let's go to Brandon Staley talking about the process in which he decides to go for it on fourth down. He's a big yes and less guy as opposed to a no unless guy. So, basically, they know going into every single drive that – they're going to go for it on fourth and four or less, or they're not going to go for it. But normally it's a yes, we're going to go for it, unless Brandon Staley says no. What are your thoughts on the much more aggressive tactics that the Chargers have shown, the Colts have shown, many other teams have shown over the past? Do you think it's going to continue to grow, or do you think inevitably people will get gun-shy on this if the biggest moments continue to go the wrong way for the teams that are being the most aggressive, like we kind of saw last year in the NFC yeah. games? I think it's going to continue to grow, one, with some of the younger coaches who tend to be more aggressive and maybe more reading into some of the analytics. That's part of it. I think the other issue is, is like when you're going for it, you're basically saying two things. I believe in my quarterback. Like you love the guy you've got enough to go for it, and you believe that he's going to get it more often than not, you know, more than 50% 50 of the time, right? And then you believe in your defense. Like you're really saying both things. Because if you don't get it, you're like, hey, I, I know my defense will be able to take care of this. So – I love the approach. He was actually who I was going to say in regards to when you're talking about like, you know, he'll 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 probably win a Super Bowl at some point in his career. And if he's a part of some of the decision making process and fourth downs, all that, we're going to look back. And we're going to say exactly what you said. It's because of his aggressiveness. But then there's also those moments in, in the Super Bowl history where you see like, hey, they should have handed it off to Marshawn instead of trying to throw a pass on the goal line. And, and maybe we look at the Seattle Seahawks and Pete Carroll and that whole dynasty different, right? So. Like those decisions largely come down to like a make or break how we view you. But I, I think I think it's going to work out in the long run for him. I'm so fascinated by it. I, I let off the show talking about it that I hate the all analytics people and all data people and all book people because it kind of pawns accountability off. You know, like if somebody says, well, the book told me that 65 percent of the time I'm going to go. It's like I, I would like somebody to sit in there and be like, yeah, here's the information. Here's my feel. We're going for it. And then all, you know, fingers kind of go to somebody as well, opposed to, well, this is it. And this is it. You know what I mean, Brady? He's just well, the guy who wrote the books, when he was on the chopping block, right? There's someone behind the data and analytics, right? No, there so isn't. That's the guy that, it's, a, it's a group study normally, right? It's it like is, a group of people. You're firing all of them and you find more people, more nerds to come back with the data analytics <laughs> and you fire all of them next time. Cause obviously those data analytics weren't the right ones. That's what you do. You, just, you oh. fire the entire room. What's that all about? Brady doesn't like you. I don't know. Did he just log off? He yeah, just he's hung up. He just hung up. What the hell? He's probably got a he's probably got a contractor there right now. Hey, they're building that house up, huh? Your sister just got, your sister just redesigns houses every week, right? That's her thing? There's a lot. There's a lot going on. They uh she does a great job though. Uh if you haven't, check out her Instagram account. I don't even know the name of it, but check that out. Good brother. AJ AJ can throw that out. But uh no, there literally we were talking about this yesterday. He was like, Yeah, there's pretty much a guy with a jackhammer outside the studio. Uh, every other day that I, I at some point have to tell to like to be quiet or Pat's like, 
Hey, what's that in the background? It's like, yeah. oh, it's a guy with a jackhammer. They just, they're jackhammering stuff all the time over there. Well, they're always uh, making things better. You know, that's the hawk way. Yeah, exactly. Right. Oh, that's the, geez, I just got hit in a dong by the guitar there. <laughs> Joining us again from Ohio, AJ Hawk. Uh, welcome back, AJ. Great to see you, pal. Brady, how'd the golf outing go yesterday? We raised a bunch of money. Did AJ put on a show? Did he crash any golf carts? Uh, I don't think he, he sunk or submerged or crashed any golf carts. I will say this, though. His brother, Ryan Hawk, a week after having an appendectomy, showed up to support the cause and golfed in it, which oh, I was like, all right, ball's in your court, Legend. Joe Burrow. Took you two weeks to come back yeah. to practice. Ryan Hawk's out here competing in a very physical golf outing. So All Ohio guys, man. I mean, look, look at Ryan Hawk. Ryan Hawk. Ryan Hawk. Ryan Hawk. He been appendicitis faster than anybody out there swinging a stick. I watched him beat the shit out of Lake Tahoe at yep. like 4 a.m. a couple days. It was, yeah. he's a specimen, that guy. Your whole family's ridiculous. Was Jack Johnson there, AJ? Jack was not able to play. He had a kid, uh, his his son's birthday that we stopped by before, but he had to stick at that. Oh, I thought now he's well, the Cup champion. There's, there's more of a backstory to that. He's it, it, the, the, the event happened to fall on uh, Ty, his son's birthday, but he's also gotten pretty hammered the past few years there. My sister, my little sister, Hell yeah. tends to get pretty irate. So it, it has. It, it probably was more of one of those like she scheduled the birthday party on this specific uh, date for uh, that reason. Uh, so you're telling me that your little sister says, "I know what Brady and Chopper got bouncing around. Mm -hmm. I need to keep Jack Johnson, the Stanley Cup winning drunk ass, away from that. Let's make something that's more important for this day. Hey, but my older brother won't be able to come to his nephew's birthday. Ah, fuck it. Granddad <laughs> won't be able to. Ah, fuck it. Don't keep matter. Jack away from Chopper and Brady. Is that what happened? Pretty much. I mean, I, I think you summed it up better than uh, AJ or I could. Your family is the best. Do you guys ever think about that? Do you ever think about how ridiculous your family is? We should get a reality show on this thing, don't you think? Mm -hmm. I've tried to talk to AJ about it. Uh, he's declined every time. What? Shocker. Uh, What's that yeah. all about, Brady? You think it's because AJ's just a toxic piece of shit? Is that what you're saying? <laughs> no, not at all. Jesus. That sure sounded like uh, it. Oh, yeah. Yeah. It sounded like AJ, it. I didn't like the way he said that, AJ. I did not like the way he said that at all. You know what I mean? Um, the funniest thing is one of the best characters, and AJ can speak to this, is probably would be, would be Oz, who was there for the first Blue Jack golf outing. He's, he's kind of the guy that no one knows in that picture that we had spread around last time. He's a glue guy, yeah. Is he, he a is. member of the family, or is he just like kind of somebody showing up like Greg? No, he's a member of the family. We consider him that. I mean, he's not actual family, but he's okay. a member so of the family. So he's like the pizza guy in the Kardashians who eats food. Yeah, but what's his name? Greg. Uh, yeah, Cousin Greg. Cousin Greg. But he is technically part of the family. Yeah, he, yeah, he's in the family. <laughs> yeah, he is part of the bloodline, I guess. I'll talk about you, cousin Greg. So it's just some doofus that's part of the family you guys all love. He's part of the family now? I wouldn't describe him as a doofus. He's the man. <laughs> well, that's all right to me. I didn't mean that. You don't say he's entertaining to the family. The family yeah. loves this guy. Dance oh, yeah. I mean, I would say AJ, like top four characters would number one be Chopper. Number two would be Grandma, Grandma Peg. Um, she's fantastic. Uh, number number three would be AJ, and then I'd put I'd put Ozzy right up there too. That'd be the top four. Pistol. Yeah. How about Pistol your little How about your little sister scheduling a birthday party on the same day as your family's biggest golf out? I mean, your <laughs> mm -hmm. little sister seems to be quite a savage yeah. as well. Let's not she is. She she'd be right there with Laura though. Like those two would be neck and neck. It'd be it'd be tough to pick between those two. So, so they'd be trying to duke it out for somewhere in that five six spot. Is General <laughs> Bob also a member of the family like Oz? <laughs> Who are, we, who are we referring to? Oh! Whoa! 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 General Bob! Oh, my! Jesus. Wait, 
What's that all about, AJ? What? What just happened here? What, he didn't know you? Oh, General Bob. General Bobby Carpenter, he's saying. He oh, Bobby? He yeah. Know that Bobby yeah. Safe Guy hates the troops. I, I got to be honest with you. I did not know we called Bobby Carpenter General Bob. He I've football. never heard that before. Same. He saved football, dude. He rallied the troops. He's a goddamn general. Hey. Was, that when he was, was that when he was protesting shirtless with the rest of the Ohio State uh, players to bring football back? Yeah. Yes. Yes. So you do know. Okay. Well, I never understood why he was shirtless, but I understood the protest. Right, organized. Well, he wasn't just shirtless. He also he sent out some tweets with some addresses for uh-huh. people to go picket outside yeah. of in the middle of a, a <laughs> pandemic. pandemic. Yeah, yeah he rallied the troops. Yeah. He got Big Ten football back. He did. Yeah. Now, he did. there were some presidential candidates that said, I say football. And we immediately had to go, whoa, 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 whoa. Slow down. General Bob Carpenter was the man on the front lines over here in Big Ten. Shirtless. Yeah. He was shirtless. How do you feel about Notre Dame right now? You know, how do you feel about no. it? I feel good. I feel like we got a pretty tough challenge week one. I mean, Michigan in Michigan. I, I don't. What's that? It's at Michigan, right? No, at Ohio, Ohio State. State. At Ohio State. Oh, I thought it was Michigan. I thought you. Guys Is it quarterback Ohio good? State. They had a quarterback competition, right? Yeah, Tyler Buckner has been announced to start. Yeah, he's good. You know, four-star recruit out of San Diego. Athletic kind of adds that different element to it. Better than Jack uh, but dude, I mean, AJ, you played there. It's a night game with a hundred thousand people who'd be boozing the entire time. Bob going up against a team that I feel like has. What? It has the red ass for like what happened last year. So I, it's just, a, I don't, you know, it's funny. I think Paul Feinbaum came out and yep. kind of thought Notre Dame's rated too high or whatever else because they're going to get B week one. I'm like, everyone who plays Ohio State this year is probably going to lose. Like they're, they're next to Alabama. They're the best team in the country right now. That's how I'd rank those mm-hmm. two teams. Do you think they put Notre Dame top five at five uh, just strictly because if they win that game, noted. Uh, but if they don't, also independent TV contracts, we have to have them be worth something. Did you feel that when you were at Notre Dame? Like, hey, we're going to get ranked high regardless. <laughs> Is that, did you <laughs> no, feel that, I, no I, I, trust me. When I was first there, you know, we were ranked uh, a couple. You know, we were ranked very often the first couple of years. It kind of took us to build into it. So I never fought, felt like we got any favor from the media. We almost had to like earn back some respect just to get ranked at that point because of how the first couple of years went. Um, but no, I think if you really look at college football. And outside of Alabama and Ohio State, and I think what people are going to be upset that I don't mention Georgia, but you lost a lot on defense in Georgia. Those are the best two teams. I think you could honestly at three to ten, you could rank those teams a bunch of different ways. You really could at this point because who the hell knows? We don't we don't see preseason. We haven't seen how these kids are going to react in the lights. You know, against a good football team. Also, a bunch of millionaires now too. We don't know how these young guys are going to react as millionaires going into college football. I mean, it's a whole new world. Could you imagine if your handsome ass could have got NIL deals at Notre Dame? Oh my god! Oh my god! The coldest I just saw the coldest with an air conditioning. That was sweet. Yeah, that was sweet. It was sweet. The coldest Crawford, I think, is his name. Yeah, yeah. he's going to be a guy in Lincoln, Nebraska. I had no idea they weren't allowed to say the school's name. I thought he was. I thought this guy got an NIL deal for the University of Lincoln. That's what I thought because they just kept saying Lincoln, Lincoln, Lincoln. So the players can't say the school's name, right? Yeah. I think they have to have you know the, the uh, permission, right? You got to have some sort of trademark, and like you have to have permission from the school, I assume to use their logo and name, all that good stuff. Well, the air conditioning company said, we ain't going to school. We no. need to go to the coldest guy. We don't need the goddamn whole entire school. Nope. So at the University of Lincoln, the coldest, this was the air conditioning commercial that hit the internet yesterday that everybody on earth said, what a brilliant marketing strategy for said company that we do not know the name of. Go ahead and run this thing. I'm so glad we called SOS. Our SOS. AC is the coldest. I'm always the coldest. <laughs> SOS. <laughs> Hey, this is Dakota Crawford, wide receiver from Louisiana, now playing at Lincoln. 
When your AC isn't the coldest, you call SOS Heating and Cooling. Their techs don't make commissions, so they give you an honest opinion, fair pricing, and longer warranties than a competition guaranteed. How about that? Take it from the coldest. Ten years. Keep you cool this summer. Hell yeah, SOS. Great song. Is that not perfect? I'm going to SOS if I need any heating or air. Mm. You know, General Bob's got one too, but he oh, could have right. hired Dakotas. Yeah. He chose not to, yeah, so well. I got to do what I got to do there. How do you feel about the NIL deals? Did you think about that at all? Because you were, what? You were propped up in the national media every single week of the back half of your career, I guess, in Notre Dame. Notre yeah. Dame, a lot of money, a lot of partners. Oh, yeah. oh yeah. Brady, you could have been. Woo! Are they competing, though? Brady, can Notre Dame compete in the NIL, NIL world? Are they paying people like everybody else? Um, it's an interesting question to ask. Um, you know, look, I, I think we, they can. I think, you know, they're going to do things the right way. They'll probably be a little slower of how they want to go about doing it. But uh, it's, it's a national. What's the right way, though? There's no rules. What's the right way? There, there are rules. I mean, look, you, here's the thing is you can't be paying these kids who are PSAs, prospective student athletes, whether they're in high school or whether they're in the transfer portal. You can't be offering them deals. And that's the problem is a lot of these collectives are. Yeah. And it's technically illegal. There's just no one enforcing that. So that's the right and wrong way. Now, there are certain states, though, where you are able to make money in, in high school. Like California, for example. They were one of the first to, to implement the ability to earn on your NIL in high school. The hard thing is, is like, you know, it gives USC, you'd think, a huge advantage over everyone else. And especially because their state laws in the state of California allow the university to help facilitate these deals. Which that's different, for example, for the state of Indiana. Well, it doesn't have the state income tax, though. Well, that's that, that's going to be an issue for them, sure. But hopefully all the for kids real. have an attorney and paying taxes. I and mean, that's the biggest thing. But th that's, that's honestly what I worry about the most is like the lack of financial literacy um, with some of these kids. And just like when I think about it, you know, I'm a dad now. I'm like, all right, I got to think more responsibly. Yeah, it would have been awesome to be able to throw huge keggers and parties or whatever else with IO money. But you look at it now and you go, these kids are going to have to learn how to pay taxes. They're going to have to learn how to understand like how all that works. And you hope that this doesn't put some of them in trouble. And I think the other thing you hope is that, you know, I think some of these kids have people who obviously are, are you know, good advisors helping them along. There are others who are like, hey, I just met my uncle six months ago. All of a sudden, he really wants to be involved in my life. And you're going, where'd this guy come from? Yeah. Uh, I think, I think those people are coming out of the woodwork now. And that's, that's one of those things where you, you hope there's a measure, there's some sort of protection. And it sounds terrible to say this, but to protect the young people from some of the adults in the room. No, 1,000%. I said this a couple of days ago. Everybody just always buries any athlete that the mom comes out and says something against or anybody like the mom is no longer talking to the thing. Everybody's like, oh, why would you ever do it to your mom? Not all moms are storybook moms. Not all dads are movie dads. Not all uncles care about their nephews. Like, there is plenty of situation in the world if you, you know, remove yourself from the very nice situation that you potentially had and potentially go into a very real situation that a lot of guys have to experience while they're going through this entire process. Like, there's some... And those families can grandstand, you know, in those situations. Be like, oh, I'll take care of. And then I've seen some families really fuck their kids over. Like, yeah. I've watched it happen. And it's like, damn, you don't really expect that to ever take place. But then you see how the narrative gets built that it's the player's fault because didn't take care of the mom the way or dad take care of dad the way. It's like, uh, I don't know if this is how this is actually going down. But you can see how people can kind of prey on that almost. You know what I mean, Brady? A hundred percent. And I think you got to think about, too, you know, even if the kid doesn't play very long in the NFL, there will be ramifications for the play, the, the physicality of football that play a part in their life later on. 
And so you hope they have the right people that help them save some of it. I mean, you know, God forbid, um, you know, this is the, the most amount of money they'll ever make in their life, right? Like that's a scary thought to think. You know, you, and, and another thing is just, and it kind of plays into the whole NIL is like the transfer portal. There's, there, I mean, there's literally thousands of kids now in the transfer portal going school to school to school. And I'm all for them having their shot and their opportunity. But like, if you keep having to move school to school, maybe, maybe that, that's kind of telling you something. Whoa. Uh, well, I'm just saying like, maybe Brady. this is going to work out the way you think it's going to. And at some point you better get your degree and figure out like what plan B is in life. You know, that's, that's what I worry about. For all the kids who are transferring, 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 then they're like, all right, I'm draft eligible. I'm trying to go get drafted. They don't get drafted. Then they're looking around going, man, I don't have a network. I don't have alumni base to go back to. I don't have a degree. What do I do now? And that's that's what I worry about Like with where college football is at is the concern for like, does a degree matter anymore? No. Not only to the kid, but like to the parents. And and then with some of these NIL deals, like, yeah, it's good money. It's helping to take care of some of the stuff that I think – you know, when I was in, in college, I, I worried about just having enough gas money to get back to Columbus, Ohio, or, you know, put food on the table and all that. Because, um, you know, you didn't have enough. And now they have unlimited meals. They've taken care, care of kids better. But, you know, that's the kind of stuff that I, I think a lot of this money is going towards, is taking care of that. But you wonder for those big deals, do they have the right people taking care of these kids and making sure they're saving it? I don't like your self-awareness speech. <laughs> not at all. You hear me, Brady? I don't like it. Not one bit. Very real, but I don't like that you had to give it. AJ and I talked about the human experiment too, that we're gonna find out five, 10 years from now. Could you have, and maybe you could because you're Brady Quinn and you know, you're Brady Quinn and you're AJ, so like you guys are, I feel like robots. Could you imagine some of those college workouts as an 18 year old with $2 million in your bank account? I'll tell you what, <laughs> I know what I would have said, and I'm a piece of shit. So like I, <laughs> Mike Barwis, our strength coach, is trying to make me do four-fifths around, like 2110s and all these 40s and stuff like that, and I got a million dollars in my bank account already, I'm going to be tough to handle. And also, I think my hamstring hurts. Like, yeah. like you know, like it is – I'll be excited to see – because you got to be super mentally tough to be waking up in satin sheets in college, driving a G-Wagon, and still put in all the work that is a necessity, basically, to make it to the NFL for most guys. I think that's another aspect that we kind of talked about that won't be, you know, headlines, but five, ten years from now, I think we'll wonder, like, what if this guy woke up every day motivated, like, I need to still go. I need to still go. And that's something that also gets kind of lost in the cracks of all this, I think, Brady. No, it's, it's a great question, great perspective. I mean, people talk about it all the time in the NFL, like guys make it and then they feel like they're satisfied either because they signed that big deal or just because they got drafted into it. Um, that's it's usually not really what plays a role. Maybe it is in some ways. Um, but it, it's a good thought. I think the one safeguard you probably have against that is depending on, you know, when that kid is receiving this deal or how that's working out, Look, I mean, if they're in the doghouse with the coach, with the strength coach, which, you know, you know how important, I mean, you know how important Mike Barwis was. Yes. I mean, Still has a huge impact. That's who Jack Johnson trains with, you know, down here in the offseason. He still trains with, with hey, Mike Jack, Jack just won a Stanley Cup. I assume he's not going back to Barwis. You know what I mean? Like, that, <laughs> no, maybe he maybe. was just down there last week. Oh, he just came down with him last week, I promise you. I, I talked to Barwis. I talked to Barwis on text every once in a while because, like, when I need, like, a little juice, I'll text Barwis. I'm like, hey, yeah. I need a little something. He's like, he'll send me a reminder of who I am, you know, and I fucking need that from him. But then I think about some of the workouts we did, and I'm like, Never in a fucking million years could I get through that. Dude, you know what though? I'm I'm a little off. Maybe AJ can attest this because he can tell a story about uh, my trainer when I was young was Mike Durant, and Mike's like the most positive, amazing dude ever. But we had some of the most ridiculous workouts. Oh. This is like when I'm in like junior high, high school, 
And I was thinking to myself, like, how the hell and why the hell did I do any of that? But it was awesome. I mean, it was like- Yes, needed it, needed it. Needed it, needed it. And that was so back to the initial point. Like, I, I do think that there's a certain element of, even though the kid's gonna have that in his bank account, um, you know, if, if, if you're in the doghouse of the strength coach, which they have a huge impact on college football programs, what the head coach thinks of these kids, you probably not get on the field as much. If you not get on the field as much, you're probably not able to earn some of those NIL deals. Um, but that's that's more of kind of where I think that path would go if you started missing stuff and not showing up, because um, then it becomes a cancer, right? Yeah. Like you got a guy. You got a guy who's going to make that sort of money and then not show up the workouts, and all the rest of the boys or fellows are saying, "Well, this guy's not going. Why should I work my butt off then?" Right? Yeah. What's the point of that? So, I think you got to be careful of that. I think strength coaches. Whether it's Mike Barwis or you know Mickey Marotti when I was there for the first you know couple of years or whoever else, I mean I don't know AJ. Who do you guys have at Ohio State? Al Johnson during my time, and they've had a few since then. But yeah, Eric Lichter came after me. So yeah, I mean yeah, you're with those guys so many hours every single day of the week for four straight years. Yeah, they they mold who you are. I think is Barwis yelling at Jack Johnson still? Like is that happening right? Like. <laughs> I think Jack wants that. I mean, he tries to get AJ to yell at him. Sometimes. Hey, Barwis only goes. I think Barwis only knows one way. I honestly believe, and it's a fucking. It is a lot of energy. It is very upbeat, and it is going to be. Hey, it's, you're going to sign up for something today. Like when you walk in there, I used to walk in there and Barwis tell this story. I don't think this is breaking news to anybody. I'd walk in there, obviously, off a couple hours. I just got done with the night before, just a few hours before then. I'd walk in there smelling terrible, and uh, everybody knew what the deal was. It would get talked about, and I would maybe even puke a little bit. But I'd finish every single one, and Barwis and his wife would be like, you having a good time, McOvey? Like, it is. But I needed that, you know? Like, I fucking needed that at the time. If I had, I mean, I got $40,000 out in loans and I fucking acted a fool. I couldn't even imagine <laughs> these guys, these deals, you know? But I'm, once again, I am too mentally weak to really be a guy, so we shouldn't assume that that's everybody. Go ahead, your question for Brady Tone. Brady, can I paint a picture for you here? Say it's September 3rd, it's around 11 a.m. Um, you look to your left on set. Is Urban Meyer there? Uh, well, uh, no one will be there because we're actually not going to be on on September 3rd. So. Oh! oh what? Fine. Fine. What? What? Fine. Uh, we'll we'll be opening. And I, I don't know that I should really get into this because I don't think we've we've talked about our schedule yet, everything else. Oh, publicly. break some news! Come on, Brady, coming back. Oh, give me Brady, in trouble Brady, with everyone at Fox, man. Okay, so what's going on? You, you got Urban Meyer back on TV. You guys are tra- Are you guys keeping him in a set? And you guys are traveling around so you well, can just send it back to him so he doesn't have to experience all the signs and crowds and <laughs> everything like that. No, nothing has been announced as far as what's happening with our crew. We are going to be on the road the entire season, though, which is going to be a lot yeah. of fun. It's going to be a yeah. blast. Yeah. It is going to be Not a blast. For everybody. Now, are you guys traveling? I think that's the question. Can we uh, get you guys to come out? You don't want us building signs for that show. <laughs> you know, you got a lot too much money and access to too many yeah, things. Uh-huh. Uh, we're, we're covering college football this year. Did you hear about that? I did. That's why I'm excited for you guys, man. Thank you, dude. You to you probably couldn't stop in those, huh? With us, probably not. I assume that would be a thing. Uh, well, hey, we'll make something work out. You and AJ got to. I mean, that's look at that, look at that guy. Look at that guy. Look at look at the old Hawks. Fox is good. Fox is usually good at letting you bounce around. You work for CBS too. That's true. I do. I do work on their digital platform. Yeah. yeah. 
Oh, so CBS got your digital wow. platform rights and Fox has they, your linear they, they, I, mean, I was going to say, AJ, I, I, need to, I need to get like you and Pat on the phone. We'll figure out this whole thing as far as who has my rights and all that. Pat, am I going the right route? You've obviously been very successful <laughs> at building this. So no, no, no. I'm going to need some business advice, buddy. Brady, listen, I feel like you probably handle business a lot differently than me. You know, I, I and I think you should continue to do as such. It seems to be working <laughs> out. I, you do not want my advice. It is not great because, uh, I mean... When I look back on some of the decisions that have been made and some of the things that I've said to people, I will, just like Bar was the workout, I go, well, that was an interesting thing to go through. I didn't like the tone of a contract once, Brady, so I uh, stopped talking to him. Vinny, hold on real quick. Yeah, yeah. I didn't like Verbal the- offer? Is this like the writing? Like You looked at the ink and you go, you know what? Don't I don't like, like their tone on this. They they use Times New Roman. I don't like that. I wish it was Arial or something else. <laughs> We're not talking about the font. I don't. Oh, okay. That's a font. I'm talking about said tone of like ownership almost throughout the entire thing. And I'm like, well, that ain't gonna happen. And if you're even putting that on paper, I can already tell we're not gonna get along. Talk to you next year. Nice knowing you. Like that is real how I go about doing stuff. So I don't think you need me to get involved, but I wanna let you know, having your rights in other places is a good idea, Brady. Hey, Mm -hmm. hey, invest in that portfolio, pal. Keep that thing diverse. You got CBS Digital, everybody knows that. Oh yeah. Yeah. Everybody knows knows that. Fox, Fox on TV, big noon kickoff. That show's up and coming, huh? You know, the noon, time slot is the most watched college time slot of the regular season football. No big deal. Really? Yeah, remember I sent that commercial in the Big Noon Kickoff ad. Uh-huh. That's and right. the tagline uh-huh. was uh-huh. most watched window in regular season college football everything. I'm like, all right, here we go. Very sweet. Brady, you do great on that. You do great on everything, actually. I try, man. I appreciate it. I've got, I've, got, I've got a lot of good influences, you know, as you can tell, with AJ and the rest of my fam and all that. So, uh, it's, it's always nice. Like I came back home this past weekend and you kind of go back to your roots and you go, this is what made you. You know, this is, these are the reasons why you're able to do certain things or have certain perspectives. So uh, I, I always appreciate your guys' show because I feel like you guys talk a lot for a lot of people out there. Sometimes you, uh, they don't get the voice, their opinions and stuff. But I feel like you guys do a good job touching on all that. Well, we're lucky to do it, Brady. And we're thankful you stopped over here. And good luck this season. Can't wait to watch you on those Saturdays and on CBS's digital platforms. Hell yeah. Right. Can't wait to see it. And your show. What's your show you host? Uh, uh, two Pros and a Cup of Joe. It's, it's great I paused there, right? Uh, <laughs> two Pros and a Cup of Joe, uh, Monday through Friday on Fox Sports Radio. What is that? That's our morning radio show, 6 a.m. to 9 a.m. Eastern time. Uh, I'm on there with Jonas Knox, who's our host. We got LeVar Arrington on there as well. So Whoa, the mammal! Yeah. Hold 6 a.m. every day live, or you pre-record that? Well, the night? I'm, I'm I'm up there early, man. So, so I'm already up. It works for me now. Those guys on the West Coast, that's a little little difficult schedule for them. Jesus, Jesus. Christ! What time are you up in the morning? Uh, I'm usually a 5 a.m. guy. Usually a little bit before, so make sure I can get a little something and a little workout before. Okay, so alarm hits 4:45 a.m. 4:45, yeah. Snooze? No, not a snooze guy. Not a snooze guy. Unless <laughs> unless you know you're. Um, you got so many extracurricular activities before you know you leave the bedroom type thing. You know? Are you boozed up? Are you boozed up? Um, so, Pat's trying to figure this out. Oh, great question. Diggs just reminded me of something I wanted to ask you about. It's out. Four forty-five. Are you tired when you get up or no? Um, honestly, yeah, probably initially, but like the older I've gotten, the more tired I've gotten. And you just power through it every morning, and then six a.m. you're live. Yeah, like honestly, like there's uh, there's this park I run to there and back. It's about a mile. Uh, it's a little over a mile, but like that by the by the second half of that, I'm like, all right, I'm awake. Let's go. Let's let's get this in. I'm ready to go do three hours of hating on people now, Brady. Um, 
I don't want to be a hater here. Sounds like I'm a little bit. You did. Every quote that comes out from that show, two pros and a couple jokes. Well, by the way, no one ever quotes anything where I'm really complimentary. Have you ever noticed that? <laughs> we'll start doing that. Have you ever noticed? Like, no one ever. Like, yeah, I could have said something complimentary past that, but they only push out the negative because that's the only thing that gets a response. Negativity hogs publicity. It's, it's a shame. It's the world we're in. That's why we try to do a little bit positive stuff. Now, with that being said, here's a super negative story I need to talk about with you. Uh, Notre Dame is home of one of the greatest catfishes in the history of catfishing. There is now a documentary about it with Manti Teow. Were you there with him at the same time? You came before no. him. Do you know anything about that? That him. we should. Yeah, what did you, did the entire Notre Dame alumni and Notre Dame school rally around Manti when that was taking place? And, I mean, until until they knew what was happening that he had been catfished. I think a lot of people were, were buying into the story, but no, I, I'm fascinated to watch that. By the way, like I don't know. I, I thought the the uh, the preview was incredible and just kind of like, okay, like there is something deeper to this. This isn't just like some dude who got tricked. Like this is this is real. And I think the the one thing that I always thought about was if you had found out like the night of the Heisman, because you know, going to that ceremony and sitting there, I, I mean, I was sitting there thinking to myself two things. One, I was like, damn man, everyone keeps coming up and like coming to Troy Smith. I'm like, I'm wondering, I'm, I'm pretty sure he won, because otherwise, like Maybe there'd be more people coming up saying something to me, but that wasn't the case. But and then it was two. I was like, I, I, I got to go on TV at some point. Kind of nervous for this, you know. Chopper and Rob's made an appearance. I had to make sure they don't. They they kind of towed the company line. They didn't say anything too ridiculous. Chopper. I could only imagine, like, walking over to Chops and Rob's and be like, "Hey, I got catfished." Lene, like, it's not real. Yeah, like this isn't real. And and like having to deal with how would that, like, what do you do? Yeah. So I'm fascinated to see what happens and how this all plays out. Um, it looked it, lo it looked really interesting. I thought they did a good job of telling a story that I think a lot of people out there know. Did, did you want to remind us you're a Heisman finalist? Is that what just happened? <laughs> no, I just – you're asking me what I saw. I, mean, I, I was literally thinking to myself like – No, I did forget. That's what it felt like. I did forget I though. Be, me too. I would be sitting there. I'd be like, is this, the, is this the point in time? Like tell me this. Is that the moment where you go – you're up there for the Heisman, right? And you go, oh, by the way, uh, this whole thing about this girlfriend that passed and all this stuff, I was catfished. None of that was true. Like, is that the moment you just break the story out? Because I feel like that might derail the Heisman Trophy. Like, no one's going to remember who won that year. They're just going to be like, hey, you remember when you talked about this catfish thing at yeah. the Heisman Trophy ceremony? Like, that would derail the entire, the entire thing. And I think at that point, catfishing wasn't as understood as it is now. You know, that was pre-Nev. That was pre the mm -hmm. TV show. Like he's one of the trailblazers and the groundbreakers of like introducing catfishing to the world. Now it's a much more common thing. Uh, I'm excited to see the doc just like you. Hey, this guy is a Heisman finalist. Oh, oh, oh never this, forget. Holy this shit! Guy was, wasn't he AJ? This guy. Yes, he was. I think I, I wouldn't know. I, I, I want to ask him last thing for me, off Brady. Right now, if I didn't think that it would that you guys would run with it somehow. Oh, so. for sure, for sure, <laughs> for sure. absolutely would, absolutely. Yes, the next T-shirt. Yeah. yeah, absolutely, exactly. Go ahead, AJ. Brady, Pat said you need to diversify where you're at, your digital platforms, everything. Is there any truth to the rumors of you joining Live Golf Tour as I mean, a commentator? How much are they going to pay me? <laughs> oh, Brady, oh, wow. this guy. Yeah. This guy. How much do you think Faraday's getting? Uh, I don't know. That's a good question. He's probably getting at least. I mean, you'd have to think they're getting what eight figures at least, right? Eight. I mean, because you're giving up like the rest of your career in that world to go do it. Um, but you know, it's it's such a complicated conversation, right? Like you've got guys who are going to be making generational wealth that they're they're probably more towards the end of their career where they're not going to be able to make that sort of money on the tour playing. And you know, yeah, you're obviously frustrated with with 
who's actually paying the money. But we kind of pick and choose when we want to be frustrated about that, right? No. Like, it's like we, we don't seem no. to get that with any NBA players when they, you know, go overseas for different events, different places. But that, that's what what's like, what place? What do you? What do you what, oh, whoa! Don't say it. Actually, don't take us down because you're trying to get down. Yeah, good lord! Jeez, what a bad guy. <laughs> Talking about John Cena. Hey, don't have any logic, please, Brady. Can't yeah. have it anymore. And also. I can't wait to listen to Two Pros and Joe. Hell yeah. Yep. Every morning, 6 to 9 on Fox Sports Radio, right? Well, hey, yes. And then, and I'm looking forward to see Zach Wilson when he gets back healthy, balling out this year, playing great. Hell yeah. This will not make it, though. This will this quote will not make it this year, will it? it <laughs> no, will we're going to clip this. Yeah. Hey, Gumpy, clip that Put part on a ticker. There. Yeah, put it on a ticker. Brady Quinn wants Zach Wilson to get healthy and ball out this year. Hey, we appreciate you making time. Know you're very busy, especially with the early mornings. You're the best, man. Thank you, guys. Thanks for having me on. Always fun being on. Ladies and gentlemen, Heisman finalist, Brady Quinn. Yeah, Did you know he was a Heisman finalist, AJ? You pivoted right into a live question, but... I did, yeah. But yeah, of course, I watched it on TV, I remember. I forgot. Was that when you guys were wearing the jersey? Laura was wearing a jersey, both of you guys? Yep, we both wore the half-and-half jersey to the Heisman uh, presentation. So cool. Man, that's I actually told my coach, hey, I can't play in this NFL game the next day because I'm over here wearing a half-and-half jersey. You guys have a week one bet this year? For Ohio State and Notre No, I mean, we can if you want, sure. Yeah, what's that? Like, hey, I'll give you, uh, I'll give you four points, you yeah. know what I mean? And we'll put, I don't know what, a million bucks on the line? Yeah. <laughs> Ten bags of Watch each other's kids rice. for a week. Yeah, white chicken. Give me grilled, <laughs> bland chicken. Boiled chicken. A whole boiled month. chicken. A whole Just month worth of boiled chicken. No seasoning <laughs> at all. Just, Sounds great. That would be a great bet for you two, right, you and Brady? No. Yeah, that's all he yeah, eats. Yeah, I would. Would, you know, Why would I bet that chicken? I could just make that myself. I don't True. even bet that. Yeah, but coming out of Brady's pocket, it's a lot better. Yeah. You do that. You bet people like when WVU has a big game, you like reach out to all your pals and make big no, bets. Mark Andrews last oh, wow. year. Fucking yeah. Mayor's bet. Oklahoma. The, Fucking thing, Mayor's the thing about West Virginia, you see, is, you know, Brady said, you know, from two to ten, really, three to ten, you can, West Virginia's just in there somewhere. Yeah. You know what I mean? They're three to ten nationally. <laughs> they're just in there somewhere. You is know? That, somewhere they're at. They're going to get swimming. <laughs> Oh, I didn't see that poll. Some polls. I mean, every poll has a different. Yeah. Neil Brown's got the boys humming over there. Trust the climb. Graham got Harrell. JT Daniels. J- Graham Harrell's a dog. Mm-hmm. They're only touchdown dogs week one. Two. Pitt. Exactly. Take them. That's in Pittsburgh, too. Mm-hmm. Post Kenny Pickett, they got no shot. No you see how chance. good Kenny Pickett is? That was what Pitt yeah. had. Yeah. They got best. that anymore. Pitt's going to this fucking Steeler preseason game, that football team. Narduzzi's on the sideline. Neil Brown's doing push ups and up downs like he's MCDC. Uh-huh. Hammer West Virginia plus seven against the University of Pittsburgh Panthers. Best receiver left, went to USC. Whole yeah. entire team's crumbling over there. Of course. And we know everybody on West Virginia, right? JT Daniels is the quarterback. Yeah. Yeah, Graham Harrell's the offense uh-huh. coordinator, dude. They should uh, just shit can Neil Brown and make Whoa. Graham Harrell the head coach. Well, I agree. I don't know if that's the greatest move either. We don't know what Graham Harrell's going to be able to do in the mountains, but. Change the game, probably. It would be cool to win some games. Like, that's the difference, though. What is? Like, your team, going to Ohio State, obviously you get autograph deals where you sign for two hours and get 50 grand just immediately because you went to Ohio State. Like, the deep alumni, the connections, the unity, the community is awesome. You going back. General Bob still works out with the damn team. Like, that is an incredible thing. But also, every weekend, you can talk shit to people. This is like Alabama fans. Alabama fans, every weekend, can talk shit to people and feel good about it. Now, they'll lose every once in a while, so they have to take it on the chin. They lost the national championship last year. It was a rebuilding year. in Nixon. Yeah. Like, that would be fun. Like, that would be a lot of fun to be able to do. And you just get to enjoy that every single week. And I don't even think you realize. You become not. I'm doing almost. You're probably right. I mean, because I don't sit there and 
talk to people or, yeah. or care to reach out to people to tell them Ohio okay. State's going to be. Yeah. Yeah, it's because you know, like, it's understood at this point. Well, the standard is very high here. You're right. Yeah, like, that's, that needs to happen back in West Virginia. That can. With Graham, it can happen. What's understood doesn't matter. I agree. Oh, so you agree. Oh, reading them? Uh-oh. I don't know if this is the right book for the moment. No, it's... Uh, what is it? That's not the right one. Where's this, the mole? This was a book that was suggested... Oh, yeah. ...by somebody who led a book club mm-hmm. that each week there was a new book. Right. Mm. Fingerprints of the Gods by Graham Hancock. 578 pages. Big boy. No problem. Yeah. Tiny, that, tiny that words. That guy Quick just read. revealed Quick that read. he uh, keeps a bust of Nick Cage in his locker. Graham Hancock? No. Aaron. Really? What happened? I just saw a video on the internet. Uh, he just revealed that he keeps a bust of Nicolas Cage in his locker. Like, you know, like a Hall of Fame bust? From what movie? Not just out of National not from, Treasure? Just his head. Oh, he's got a longer Did you longer know that, AJ? Is it a uh, headphone holder? That's awesome. That is sweet. Is this for his Bose deal or whatever? Yeah. Doesn't he have a Bose deal? Oh, mm-hmm. does he put his uh, headphones in Nick Cage? <laughs> this dude is awesome. Look at all the fucking media, too, about to dive into the deep details of why he has it there. Just having a time of his life. I've won the MVP two <laughs> times in a row. Just did a whole podcast about what I do in the offseason. You all have to ask me questions every single day. Here's something new for you guys. How about this? Yeah, dance for me, Mark. I got <laughs> Cut the stash. Uh, guys, uh, who did? Yeah, Raj yeah. did. What's that all about? Oh, What's no. that all about? He cut his hair, too? He usually cuts no. it during preseason, doesn't he? Before the regular season starts. Yeah, I feel like we normally see him in the full denim costume, though, for that sponsor meal day. Mm-hmm. And he has that mustache, doesn't he, normally for that day? He can grow one. Back. Yeah, he'll yeah. grow one week. Yeah. He's got plenty of time. That Nicolas Cage uh, mannequin head's going to bring a lot of good energy, though. Hell yeah. That's, your, that's good news. Have the odds changed for the really Green like. Bay Packers to win the Super Bowl since finding out that Nicolas Cage's head is in Aaron Rodgers' locker? That's They should probably get better, I think. Yeah, they were plus. No, still plus 1,200. Oh, Sheeran's sleeping. Let me see the division. Let me see if the division changed. It should. I mean, Nicolas Cage being a part of anything means it's going to have Nothing success. Changed. All right, let's get out of here then. Okay. It's been a hell of a Tuesday. Congrats to whoever ended up winning the PMS. Poop watch. Two o two was the right answer. Yeah, I wonder if anyone guessed. Good that. timing. I saw a couple two o twos. I think someone oh, okay. did. Did you? It was. And you haven't gone back. Was it somebody you liked? That's why you. Were no. You? No. 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 Definitely not. He hasn't gone back because his, that was a fourteen minute trip. He yeah. took. What do you expect? Get he, it all out. He literally binged and purged there. That was a poncha karma situation. Yeah. I also technically well, haven't had lunch yet. So uh, in about mm, I don't know forty minutes, I'm gonna have round two. I need to get you another iced latte going in the yeah, afternoon. Yeah, that'll be smart. <laughs> we'll see if they have scones over there. Maybe. Ooh. I don't think they do. We're told they're not gonna have scones till tomorrow. Well, that's just not going to work. I'm going to need one of those guys, preferably the guy with the long hair, the mustache, and the bull nose ring to maybe go get <laughs> some more scones or the breakfast burrito that they were talking about. Here we go. This new coffee shop has really got the boys buzzing. I do actually need to head back over there because I grabbed a book this morning. I need to replace one. I got you. Maybe Maury's book. But they got to take one and leave one? They situation? do. It's they a do. book exchange over there, yeah. This place is the most awesome place of all time. Very pissed. Brand new. Brand, Brand new. new. Yeah. Two days old. Very pissed that it's coming in our last couple of days at this office. Like, shoot upset that I don't get a chance to enjoy Quills a little bit more than I'm going to. 
Is it that far away? You can't, once you move to the Thunderdome, you won't make the trek? I hate to say this to the people, Quills, and they yeah. don't deserve this, especially after two days of great service to us, and we enjoy their company and them being on the same block as us. I will never go to Quills again once we move to the Thunderdome. <laughs> Bingo, no and fucking chance. I, I am, I but, but I'm not happy about no, it. No, yeah, I might it's never terrible. come downtown again. But that's what I'm saying, though. Yeah, like, we're coming downtown. Con man, though. Con man lives there, right? Yeah, I'll go. From what I've heard, though, I will probably never step foot in Quills either, but, I mean, we have the luck. Who, what have you heard? Yeah, what have you heard? Only good things. I mean, I've heard they serve milk with a little shot of espresso. That's an ice latte. Welcome to the coffee world, you loser. Exactly. And I'm not that sophisticated in coffee. If that's coffee world, that's not a world I want to be in. I'll just take my regular bland coffee. I don't need to go to the hipster shop. And plus, every time I look at Bruce, he will have the Quills hat on, and I will always remember Quills. Quills uh, Quills Coffee does have merch. Bruce Bruce. did buy a hat this morning as we were in there. I'll tell you, the environment is worth the trip. It is. I'm going to remember that. I'm new to the uh, coffee. There he is. There he is. Look at that. Looks like a nice shop. That should actually be the face of Quills. He's so, dude, it is literally, I've never gone into Quills. (laughs) And not had the time of my life. Is that a ghost? Is that a ghost on the wall? I think that's the a shadow? light fixture of some sort. Yeah, but I think they put a fucking ghost body underneath it. Where? That's, that's kind of like Quills over his left shoulder. That thing's sweet. That's a shadow. I do what? I don't think so. We're going to go in here right after and I'm going to show you. Listen, I'll get anything to go to Quills, but I think that is a shadow. Let's not lose focus, though. Bruce <laughs> does look cool enough to work at Quills right here. Yeah. <laughs> he looks like he owns Quills. No, 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 hey. no. We met the guy that owns Easy. Quills. Good guy. Yeah. He's the one educating us about all the coffee. Okay. The guy with the long hair, awesome guy. Yeah. Coolest looking guy Dumb of all time. Man. When you can hear him. But we are new to the coffee world, so we are being educated every time we go in there. AJ, it is a full on... I mean, multiple pops out of me every trip to Quills. Laughing very hysterically every time I go in there. We are the biggest doofuses that step foot into Quills Coffee every single day, and I'm enjoying the hell out of it being here. Yeah, I feel like I probably do need to go over there and take a big, messy shit in the bathroom, though, since they did give me the 16 ounces of whole milk. So we'll see. That's a nice latte. You didn't know what you were ordering. That's on you. I didn't. I didn't, but... So I think what's fair is fair. I might have to take a massive shit over there and not flush. <laughs> eye for an eye. <laughs> what goes around comes around. Yeah. <laughs> don't take it up for Decker. Yeah. Well, I wouldn't do that. Quills does not, not deserve free. that. Okay. Well, I don't understand. Can you not drink milk? Does milk just make you all dump your life away? Bro, whole milk? You drinking whole milk every day? <laughs> I can pal? drink a gallon of whole milk and be fine. What? I know you could. Yeah, like, you, don't let it affect your stomach like that. You're don't let I have it. colitis, you asswipe. I can't Ty control it. Ty does. Ty uh, does have a situation. Well, don't let it don't let it make you shit your yeah. pants, dude. I'm saying don't think about it. I know a lot of people that think like, oh, I can't eat cabbage. You know that gets me like, no, I've never cor- it doesn't correlate for me. Like, I don't care. It doesn't what Polish people are you hanging around? Yeah. There are a lot of Polish people ever. Center Ireland. No, I know people that have a lot of stomach issues though, and I'm like, man, I've never thought of it. I've never thought of that. I want to let you know that we appreciate quills we for do. everything. Yeah. I love quills. Yeah. And I do want to try those breakfast burritos, so they need to get on that fucking stat. Here we go. <laughs> they have a great bakery that we've not been able to experience enough, because by the time we get there, it's already sold out, AJ. Oh, really? Popular. So this place have a good line out the door? Uh, probably before I get in, it does. I don't know. Yeah. A lot of people probably door dashing their, you know, their nice little breakfast stuff. I don't think they're set up for yeah. door dash. I didn't see the really? normal bums outside Starbucks today, so I assume they've already gotten word and they're making the two-day hike up to Quill. <laughs> <laughs> Seriously. And that place is going to be covered in poop and, you know, nah, nah, on Quills. the ground. Nah, Quills. Quills is so nice. 
You need to watch it. Stop with the negativity with Quills. I'm sorry. AJ, I can't wait for you to experience Quills because you come out here at least one time before we get to the Thunderdome, right? Yeah, I'd love, you know, I'm sure they have great, like, pour-over black coffee. Oh, they do. They got an ice cold. They've all the fancy, like, Bunsen burner things and all the weird contraptions. It's pretty pretty bare bones, actually. Oh, okay. What? I'm saying, like, it's all about the coffee. They don't need all that fancy bullshit. It's kidding me? What's funny, Tone? Nothing. I, I can't. I'm going over right after this. Yeah, you guys. I mean, we've been there three times. I'm in going two there days. in two minutes. Yeah, exactly. You hear me? I'll be over there in two minutes. We'll see if they got any scones. They better back. have some fucking scones. First off, well, can't wait. What? What? Well, second off, Nothing. can't wait. You have to now, Tone. What's oh, is that? Hopefully, it's a unisex bathroom that Ty just whooping cough, Tone. Yeah. Oh, yeah. How are you, buddy? Good. You, hey, you've never been over there yet? No. What? Tony, you love coffee. No, because you guys go over and you'd like to make a mockery of the place, and I don't want to be associated with wow. that. Wow. <laughs> what do you mean? What do you mean? What, do you, what happened, Tony? Is there some, like, they go you guys over there, like a fucking here? marching band, and fucking yeah. whoop the whole place up. I mean, pull that picture of Bruce up again. The guy's hit more reefer before he went over there than anybody in the place. <laughs> it is an environment. It is a... <laughs> Listen, it's, it's Wait, do you bring the environment or is it already there? <laughs> Both. I think I bring the environment everywhere I go. Okay, I'd like to say. But we have I've been having a blast of quills. Yeah, quills is more than just coffee, it's an experience. It is. I've been having a blast. We got a book out of there. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, what are you doing? How long has this been going on? <laughs> Two days. Two days. Uh, yesterday <laughs> yesterday was the grand opening. So happy. We are so happy. <laughs> I hope they see Ty coming today and they don't let him in. That would be a big mistake. Let's <laughs> just say that. I think they enjoy us, man. They should. They feel I mean, like this, this is pretty good pub for the place, I would say. Yeah, yeah, yeah I'd say so. We are idiots, though. So, like, the way they're talking to us, <laughs> teaching us what the fuck we're ordering, it is... Because this is like an IPA coffee shop. It is, like, high-level coffee stuff, you know? Oh, yeah. we, like we don't know. Super, super passionate about coffee, I'm guessing. Yeah, it's like oh, the yeah. coffee culture, coffee community. And then you got oh, us. Cool. You got us. It is. It actually is. But you got us walking in there and go, what? You know, like, yeah. I mean, it's a full. We bring down the, the IQ level of everybody <laughs> in there every time we go in. And I have a blast doing that. Like, that is the I enjoy those types of situations. And I think that's why I'll continue to go to Quills every single day. Yeah, until we're not down here. I don't know if you can be doing what you did today, though. Your butthole would not be able to keep up, I don't think. We got oh, yeah. Well, I'm not going to be drinking 16. You know, I had about 40 ounces of coffee this morning. Coffee, you know. <laughs> I, I wasn't expecting to drink a full 16-ounce glass of whole milk. I was not equipped for that. I mean, I might as well just have ordered, like, a four-pound bowl of queso and drank it before the show. <laughs> Gross. I'm sure it'll be much better. When Ty just eats that uh, bean and sausage burrito and doesn't drink that latte. All right, let's get out of here. The show stinks. The only thing that can save us is more quills tomorrow. That's right. Can't I'm expecting right. everybody to have at least one trip to quills before the show. Ah, we're at training camp uh, tomorrow. So, so got to go to quills today. Have All to right, yeah. ready for the show. We're not going to be at studio tomorrow. AJ, we'll see you Thursday, by the way. Yeah, I was going to say, it'd be. I want to watch. Are you going to drive over for that or no? No, I won't be able to make it tomorrow. Yeah, I didn't know you guys were going mm. tomorrow already. Two days off this week, eh, Pirates? Pirate? What's that mean? Yeah, what does that I mean? I was actually wondering. Exactly, Con. Wait, he's uh, going to rob him booty, dude? He couldn't think of a word. What are you talking about? You're a pirate because you're a rebel without a cause. You're skipping work every single week, one Kid day Rock? at a time. Rebel without a cause? What's that for? Kid Rock's got a cause. 
Yeah. What's that? COVID, we didn't buy them. I'm going platinum. <laughs> That's Bob Ritchie, I think, Rebel Without a Cause. Yeah, too. Bob Ritchie. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but he, there's, there's two causes are one of them's, you know, sleeping in the White House, and the other is, <laughs> you know, pillaging the air. We live <laughs> in the dumbest time of all time, don't we? Yeah. Yeah, I'd say. Just open shots being fired at this fucking president by everybody at this point, right? I mean, just, and it's not like. They're not unwarned. It's nothing about policy. It's just like, this bag of bones. Everybody's basically <laughs> saying about it. It's like, well, wasn't that kind of known that he was 97 years old whenever he was getting voted in? What are we? Yeah, well, I don't think people could have anticipated the bike fall. I don't think people could have. Hey, listen, anybody who's ever had the yeah. anybody who's ever had the shoes to click in is expecting the oh, bike yeah. fall, baby. Chocolate, chocolate chip. You can. No one expected that. No one expected him to be biking by reporters yesterday and them to ask him if they could talk to him for a second. Him saying, "No, I'm going to get a bathing suit." Whoa, I'm sorry, dude. that's exactly what happened. Like he does things. That that's better just, than one time they t- they asked if they could talk to him. He said, "No, I got to drive this thing, and maybe they could stay in front of you, run him over." Oh, that I was awesome. about that. Yeah, <laughs> was that? Yeah. Uh, that was a new F-150. Yeah, the Zero to 60 in three yeah. seconds. I only know the situations that hit into my my <laughs> yeah. world, obviously, with this guy. And it's always, I mean, he's getting cooked. This, this guy is getting cooked by everybody at this point. It's making its way into my Twitter. It's just getting cooked. The one of him saying, oh, you'd be a speed bump for my new F-150. Yeah. Why don't you stand in front and find out? Yeah. <laughs> that was, that was I didn't right. see that. Yeah, it was oh, awesome. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was yeah. awesome. Last year, I think. He was test driving a new all-electric Ford F-150. Yeah, I remember when he pulled up and rolled the window down, this thing can fly or whatever he said. Yeah. And I didn't see him try to run people over. I don't think he tried. He said he would, though, which yeah. I thought, great promo here. Yeah, yeah. Awesome. Not to mention the promo, you can describe America in one word. All right. That's the President of the United States. Why don't you have a little respect? Sitting Commander in Chief. Come on, hey. on. Commander in Chief, I support him. But if he's going to do things, then we got to talk about him. No, we don't. That's literally what we don't talk can't, about. Can't just be <laughs> blind to what he's doing. Well, I, I have it, and I would like to continue to do so. Yeah, I definitely keep it that way, because once you get in, there's no getting out. <laughs> Yo, that's what it seems like. That's yeah. what it seems like. <laughs> Too entertaining. <laughs> When is the next, uh, the presidential elections when it takes over everything, right? 2024. Yeah, midterms are this year. So we got time. Yeah, you got some time. He will level up (laughs) as we go here. I'm not talking about him. I'm talking about as a whole. Oh, yeah. Presidential election becomes what, like 40 people think they're going to become president? Oh, yeah. Hey, how many narcissists can we pack on one fucking stage is kind of what it is. Mm -hmm. And that's when I am forced to get into the uh, politics world. There's some poor public speakers out there. That, isn't that like rule number one for politicians? Yeah. It'll be interesting to see if uh, Shapiro throws his hat in the ring this year. Because he can't. He, oh, he's old enough now? I believe he'll be 36 by the next time it comes around. Gary V's running? Uh, if he runs, <laughs> then book it. I mean, if he, yeah. If he chooses Nev to, he wins. Shapiro? The guy from Catfish? No, Ben. Ben Shapiro. You, yes. Do you know Ben? Do you know who he's talking about? The Daily Wire Plus. If you saw him, you know. Very exactly. smart. Speaks very quickly. Yeah. Is that a good guy? I graduated college at age 12. Yeah. One of those guys. Relatable. Yeah. Sounds like. Yeah, very relatable. <laughs> Definitely not. <Yeah. laughs> Definitely not. He's running for president, this guy? I'm saying there, there's been. What about Alex Jones? He needs to get in there so Chance he can give himself runs. a fucking. Uh, he needs to give himself a. Well, you know who's got my vote? Who? Kid Rock. As soon as that governor of Florida said, take those fucking masks off, I said, that's my president. He also, DeSantis, <laughs> probably making a run at it. Is Obama coming back? 
President Obama, sorry. He, uh, he already served two terms. Yeah, I don't think can. he can. No, you can, can, consecutively, right? You can you take a year off and, back? and go back, can't you? Oh, I didn't. Uh, <laughs> I don't know for a fact. I didn't <laughs> think. I have no idea, yep. though. I do not know works. the rules. I just assume that you could. Is that not something you could do? If you didn't have two terms, maybe. Is it not like, just two like Trump could do that if he runs again? Obviously, he only had one though, right? So yeah. that's a different situation. But two is max, right? Eight yes. years. Two only. George Washington did. Doesn't for need us. no fucking Grover Cleveland deal again, where he's in the his fat ass is in the White House for you know twenty Jesus. years. Jesus, Grover Cleveland did that. I don't know if he was the specific president, but one of them kind of overstayed their well. Maybe William, in the William McKin- Yeah, William McKinley. That was Taft. Like, yeah, hired Taft, one of them. Taft yeah, they're a bunch of the all, all these old See, we're fat name, white guys. You know? We're naming a bunch of presidents I didn't even know were presidents right there. Oh, yeah. yeah. Taft so, got stuck in the tub and died. Yeah. FD, like, FDR or they were somewhere Teddy, one of them did like eight. Did Taft die in a tub? 340 yeah, yeah. pounds. Yeah, that's what he just came. Yeah. He was a me. fucking hey, man. No more fucking fatsos in the like White Elvis. House. This guy can't get out of the bathtub. Yeah, like Elvis. All right. I feel like we just disparaged a lot of presidents' names yeah. there. Yeah. Hey, Harry Truman was a fucking badass, yeah, though. He was. he was. S? Yeah. Yep. Buck stops here. Yeah, dog. Yeah. Anyways, we hope whoever wins really does a good job. Sounds like it's a it's a win-win no matter what. Yeah, good luck. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely a win-win. <laughs> Who wants to be president? Nobody. Hey, you're very successful. You seem to have figured life out. You got a bunch of money. You want to fucking just throw that all away so you can make next to nothing and be hated by everybody? Come be president of the United States. Okay. All right, I'll do it. I'll do it. Yeah, fucking sign me up for that. You're going to be a special type of human to do that, man. It's coming up in two years. Man. We hope everybody that's good out there It's watching runs for president. Good luck, yeah. president. We hope you all win. Okay. Hope you get able to get out of the tub too, because Taft really did a number of that thing. Yeah, he did. And it, by the looks, what do of you the, do? Sledgehammer it to get him out? Yeah. yeah I think they got a, a, a scissors, the uh, the uh, garden shears, jaws, the of jaws of life. They got the jaws of life. They cut. Oh, by the way, I actually broke a porcelain thing this morning oh, no. at the house. Yeah, that's gonna be a problem actually. Deal with when Sam gets back. It slipped well, out of my hand. That? Well, it's one of the cat bowls. You know, you got four cat oh, bowls. They each eat individually ones. And uh, I was cleaning them out because they had a lot of food stuck in the inside of it. Mm-hmm. And uh, that, that thing slipped out of my hand. And it, it was actually the meow one. There's a meow one. There's a <laughs> there's four different ones. Yeah. Yeah. The meow one slipped out of my hand. And that thing shattered. Took me back, took me back to art class. Like whenever we uh, had to uh, blast something or oh, whatever. Yeah, ceramics, ceramics. Yeah, and then I obviously dropped mine and it just fucking exploded. A thousand pieces. Yeah, that's exactly what this thing did in my kitchen this morning. So I'm picking up these individuals. Hey, get out of way. Don't step on it. The whole thing. I mean, I'm a fucking idiot. What'd you say, Zito? Zito found Mr. Taft's bath, uh, President Taft's bathtub. Big Whoa. boy. That's a hot tub. Did yeah. they all die in there? No, that's none of those are Taft. Taft uh, took up the whole tub. Is Joseph Stalin? Where's L2? Oh, Zito, how can you do that? L2. <laughs> I believe this is showing how many people could fit in the bathtub. Yeah. Well, what's the big stooge sitting there? What's outside? the guy outside of it? Yeah, what's that guy? Just he looking? He's a ceramic guy. He's a builder. So R1 is the guy that you said looks like Stalin? R1. Yes. <laughs> L2 has an interesting look there. Yeah, he does. L1 looks like a booze bag. Yeah, Probably was back then. Yeah, Most of them were. Is there water in there? R2 is the no. designer, right? Let's assume R2 seems to be the most satisfied with his work. Why what year was this? Well, right after Taft was president, obviously. Yeah, roaring 20s. 1913, I believe. Ooh. 1913. <laughs> if I had to guess. Z, what year? 
1913, I believe. Oh, okay. Wow, right. Oh, spot good on. Guess. Spot on. <laughs> also, was that a guess? No, Zito. Hey, Zito, every once in a while, drops some gems in my ear. You know what I mean? Like, while we're talking to Brady Quinn, he goes, Catfish. Actually, Diggs texted me, Catfish. I forget mm. what you wanted from me in the middle of the conversation. Every, he'll, like, sneak in, and it sounds like that Dane Cook pickles thing. Yeah. <laughs> uh-huh. And it's it's normally, like, very valid, very good, and it's in one ear while the person's giving the answer in the other ear. So I got to swallow and compress laughter normally and then figure out how to way to work it in. Then as soon as I work it in, I hear, ha-ha, from Zito <laughs> in the back, in the ear again. So it's a good little relationship. We got a great – I'm very lucky for Zito. Very lucky for everybody that watches this show. Calls into the show, listens to the show, and tries to guess what time uh, Ty's butt's going to explode. Mm-hmm. Yeah. This has been Tuesday. Tomorrow we're at training camp. AJ, we will miss you. Darius Butler will be live with us. Can't wait for that. MCDC will be there. Yeah. Jim Irsay will be there. All Matt right. Ryan will be there. Right. I believe we'll have some footage from practice as well. I mean, it should be a good time. AJ. What, what time do they practice? Noon to 2. Oh, sweet. Perfect. Yeah. And we're going to have a camera, too. <laughs> that would be hilarious. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it should be a lot of fun. I don't know. We're going to get in trouble for showing stuff. Yeah, for sure. Nah, we'll be all right. You won't give anything away. Well, it's not that the league hasn't already seen. Exactly. Yeah. Those two. What? It's a joint practice. They're not showing anything in a joint practice anyway. Yeah, they are. These are more important than a goddamn game. They are, but they're not going to give away their secrets and run some stuff that they may run week 16 against each other. Yeah, we'll show like, like one-on-ones. Watch Pittman moss somebody on oh, the lines. Oh, I can't wait to get Michael Pittman Jr. Our only weapon right now. Yeah. Going one-on-one with Dog Okuda. Is Okuda on the team still? Yeah, yeah, yeah he is. Coming what? Off, coming off Achilles. Yeah. I can't wait for Hard Knocks tonight. Yeah, oh, me I know. too. He should talk to Kaboli. See what his rehab routine was. Kaboli yeah, got over two Achilles. Fast. He's back on the sidelines. Mm-hmm. Everybody needs to be doing what Kaboli's doing. Yeah. Including us. Sandwiches in your pocket? Yeah. Quills in your mouth, sandwiches in your pocket. (laughs) Boom. That's Caboli way. We'll be back tomorrow. See you, AJ. We miss you, bud. Thank you, everybody. Uh, PMS Poop Watch is already over. Uh, Four winners of 500 bucks. You're the best. Hammer Don will be coming live at YouTube.com forward slash Hammer Don. We'll see you then. Goodbye. See you, everybody. Thank you, AJ.